Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kate Thanks. We're back, man. Episode 254. 254. All right. Let's get right into it. That's what you guys are here for, right? All right. Let's do it. Um, a woman went on six dates a week to save money on groceries. This is probably one of the most bizarre stories I've seen in quite some time. Let's get into it. Woman went on six dates a week to save on food. I didn't buy groceries for two years. That is fucking wild. One woman may have just come up with the ultimate budgeting hack. Or is it? Vivian Two, known on TikTok by the handle. I'm not going to give her that information. Uh, she doesn't deserve it. Um, <laughs> went viral on the video sharing platform with a clip of herself claiming she went on six dates a week so she, could, so she wouldn't have to pay for groceries, reports in the New York Post. Between 2016 and 2018, I didn't buy groceries once. Probably saved about 150 a week, she captioned in the clip. Now, in the interview with Elite Daily, Two has admitted to her 2.3 million followers that the video was made jokingly and she didn't start going on dates just for food. Oh, now you're going to cover it up. Okay. Uh, but she did notice her financial needs eased a bit when she was looking for love. Okay. All right. Uh, Two told the outlet she was using dating apps to find connection when she moved to New York City, but realized quickly that, oh, I can go on Fun Tapas Restaurant for probably free. Or I can spend my own money on food at the grocery store that I still need to cook. And it's probably not going to taste as good. There's obviously subconscious thinking that goes into it, she admitted. But added, in my opinion, deliberately going on dates for a free meal isn't a great idea. I am very much in the camp that you're dating to find love. Yeah, I don't believe her. I think she's full of shit. And I think that she said this jokingly, um, but I think she meant it at the same time. And I think that it's also true that this is not all on women and it's not all on her. I think as men, men have to be smarter than this. Mm -hmm. If if you're going on any type of date or spending time with a woman, this is going to sound very blunt and straightforward, but this is how you determine whether you need to go on dates or not. If that woman does not have some form of sexual attractiveness to you, that is shown through action. When women like you, they give you choosing signals. Like they tap you on the arm and they touch on you or they grab your arm like, you give know. Your head, something like that. Well, head, that comes later. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's definitely a love language. <laughs> um, head is a love language. <laughs> head is the best love language. All right. So they, they you know, they, they, they tap you, they grab on you and they try to get closer to you and things of that nature. And they want to tend to they tend to want to set up dates, things of that nature. When women like you, mm -hmm. they're they're very intentional. If a woman's not like that, don't take her anywhere, dude. Yeah. Men, for some reason, men think that they could make a woman that doesn't like them like them. And mm -hmm. the problem with women is they will accept free shit from men, even if they don't like these men. Mm hmm. If a dude is like, hey, baby, I just want to give you $300 because you're so beautiful. They'd be like, oh, my God, thank you. Yeah. Like, women will take shit from a stranger. Like, they will openly use a dude and just think that it is cute. But that's not really their fault. It's mm -hmm. wrong what they're doing, but it's ignorant on the man's fault because he thinks he could buy her. Mm -hmm. And it's like, bro, all she's going to do is take your money and not give you no pussy and run off into the sunset yeah. and be gone. Mm -hmm. I seen this dude. I forgot what the podcast is called. He said... Honestly, he's like, I, he, uh, he said, who should pay for a date, man or a woman? Or, or no, who should pay for, uh, who should pay for first dates, men or women or whatever? And, and all the women said, men, of course, they're paying for our, for our time. And he was like, honestly, I don't want to pay for a woman that's fucking someone else. And I thought about Man. that. I was like, ouch. But it's true. Most times we go on dates with people for the first time, whether it's men, women, whoever, they're all fucking somebody. 
But more times than not, a man is taking paying for the bill every motherfucking time. Mm -hmm. So he said, I don't, this is what he said, and it was hilarious. He said, I don't want to pay for a woman, right? Pay for her, go on a date, and then she gives me, you know, the the butt out hug, and, you know, she takes her doggy back home to the guy she's fucking. Mm -hmm. And he's eating the food that I pay for, and he's fucking her. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ouch. Yeah. There's some truth to it, you know? Um, Yeah. But yeah, man, uh, as men, you got to stop, you have to stop assuming that you can make women like you just because you are taking them on dates. That's just, that's not how it works. I'd be curious to know, like, what, um, are these, like, different people? Like, I wonder how many in that, that, uh, that six, Mm. that six day span, like, how many different guys are, is it the same guy? Because, what I'm what I'm wondering is if it's like the one guy that's continually plan, paying for dates, but also not getting, not reaping the benefits of of that investment. Right. Um, you know that investment in Chili's or yeah. BJ's or PF Chang's or right. wherever he's taking her. But yeah, this is I don't know, man. I think that I think I think it's low key a red flag if a woman never like never offers to pay. Cause it's a it's a lot of like traditional stuff out there that we you know men opening the door and right. you know men you know if something needs to be handled outside at night the men is going to go check all this stuff is like yeah traditional but I think that um, be, because of situations like this where there are you know women that are just like taking advantage of you know taking advantage of men in in this case yeah I think that um, a woman that will reach for her card. Even if, even if she if she doesn't end up paying, you just like no, I got it or whatever yeah, yeah, the case. Yeah. But uh, just a woman not necessarily assuming that the guy is going to pay. I think a first date is different because you know that's just kind of like I'm sure you've probably ninety five percent and ninety seven ninety eight percent of the time paid for the first date. Right. But if we constantly like going out and and hanging out in some capacity and the girls like never paying for nothing, I think to me that's just like. And not necessarily not paying, but not even like offering, offering to pay. You know, I think that's that's a red flag to me. Yeah, there was a chick that I was messing with for a little bit, and she definitely made more money than I did, just mm-hmm. because her position, her occupation, yeah, paid a lot more. Right? Yeah. So, the thing that's crazy is, like three dates, I paid each time. I wasn't tripping. Um, but I was just like, yeah, I know this chick makes more than me. She has an offer to pay, but she did give me some pussy though, so that's where it paid off. Yeah, that love language. Yeah, sure did. Mm-hmm. I wasn't just going on them dates for nothing. Huh? <laughs> you thought I was giving you PF change for nothing? <laughs> you can get some of this PF Wang. <laughs> PF Wang? That's crazy. <laughs> Took it to PF change and got some of this PF <laughs> Wang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it uh, 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 stir fried dick? <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, dude. Um, I think that. If a woman was able to go on a date with a guy over and over and over and over and over again, and he never expected anything from her, I'm talking about nothing. There has to be an expectation from both. Not saying that they owe you anything, man or woman owe each other anything, but it's like if I take you on 20 dates and you don't even give me a kiss, you ain't giving up no pussy, you ain't giving up nothing, I guarantee you the woman that is going on those dates, she does not respect that man. Mm-hmm. Women go on dates for intention. Women want connection. They want sex. They want affection. They do not go out with men that they don't want to kiss and that they don't want to fuck. 
Mm-hmm. Just period. Usually, at by the second, no more than the second or third date, people are already fucking by today's standards. And people can say, no, that's not true. It's at least a six-date minimum. Shut your motherfucking ass up. <laughs> most people, I will say this, most people after that second date, the third date, they're fucking. Yeah. Because women know what they want. Women know they want to fuck you within the first, I'm talking about the first 50 seconds of meeting you. They know they want to fuck you. Yeah. Period. Mm -hmm. They know it. They know it within the first 50 seconds. They're not on the fence like, "Mm, man, give me a two weeks. I might want to fuck you. They're on the fence whether they want to go on a date with you. But then once that decision is made, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you could tell pretty. Because a lot of women have like. We have like uh like what they call like idiosyncrasies. Idiosyncrasies. Secrecies. Mm-hmm. I can't say the word, but mm-hmm. um, you know, just certain things that will turn us on or off about you know people that um, we're potentially dating. So mm. you know, like even for guys, like if, sometimes like for me, like it, it might be like a weird body shape or something like that. I'd mm. be like, ah, I'm just not really feeling this, or whatever the case may be. But for women, it could be like the way your breath smell or you know if your mm. teeth is yellow or something like that women may be like ah, i'm good you know i'm gonna I'm a go through this whole date but at the end of the night i'm gonna hug him and i'm gonna go home i think that men are a lot less critical of like women's physical features than than women are for sure yeah because men like we'll get to a point where we go we, we'll have sex with a girl we're not even attracted to yeah we were talking about that earlier yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah it'd be like she'll be shaped like roast beef we'd be in there hitting it from the back yeah, I've definitely had sex with roast, roast beef before. <laughs> I've had sex with roast beef, meatloaf, a pot roast. pastrami, <laughs> <laughs> some soup, <laughs> so some soup. dumplings. <laughs> some chicken dumpling pussy is wild, yo. Oh, man. It's crazy. But yeah, I, I think that women will not have sex with a man that they're not attracted to. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I, I can't never hear a woman saying like, Man, I just need anything right now because I just I just need some dick. I cannot see women doing that. Women always have to be sexually attracted. Men could literally have sex with the, the chick that they're like not attracted to. Not at all. Yeah, I, it's. It, I will say yes, but no, because sometimes it's physically difficult yeah. to like have have that you know that that sexual. Yeah, like, you, you just won't get up basically. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. You won't. Mm-hmm. You won't. I've heard some dudes swear up and down like, man, I don't fuck with no big girls, bro. I can't do big girls or whatever. Bro, I'm going to keep it a buck. I'm not saying that I'm pro or anti big women, but I've messed with some big women before and they be sexy too. Yeah. They be, it's some girls that really know how to put it together. I done smacked a couple Lizzo's. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Lizzo. Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) What's that song about Lizzo? I'm trying to think. I can't. I don't know. Oh, what? I forgot how to solve that. I was bad. I was about to. I was about to say something right now that would have made the joke even more hilarious. Lizzo is an amazing fucking artist. Yeah, she makes good music. I think we we get a lot of people get too caught up in like physically how she looks and what she does, but Lizzo mm-hmm. is an amazing artist. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh man, I think that was Loki bigging her up though. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of bigging her up. Like I done smacked a couple. <laughs> I done up. smacked a couple. <laughs> I done smacked a couple. Rachel Ray. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know who was a big girl, but I've always had like she's not really big though. She kind of is, but she I've always been like Loki had a thing for. Her. I don't know why, and she don't even like women. I mean, like men. It's Queen Latifah. Oh yeah, you do. You always mention Queen Latifah. Yeah, Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. Always, I've always been like, I've had a, like a thing for Queen Latifah. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. She just, she's just like, she's put together very well. Yeah, you she know, had a good, like she kind of a warm person. Yeah, she got a good soul. Mm-hmm. Yo, I think the nigga August Alcina was trying to hit on her one day. Really? Yeah, like, like on her talk show or something. Nah, just like it was like they, she was doing some interview and he walked up. Well, they both don't like. The sex that they he was flirting with. I don't know. I think Queen Latifah, Queen Latifah had some actually put some men back she in her day. Yeah, yeah. Before she set it off, she, <laughs> she definitely had some. Yeah, yeah. Like but, the but like the the conscious rappers. I feel like a couple conscious rappers knocked her down. That nigga comment hit it from the back. <laughs> it's like yeah, soul <laughs> pussy from the back. Um, <laughs> pussy my black the- queen throwing it back on me. <laughs> That nigga made a poem out of it. <laughs> My black queen throwing it back on me. What I loved about her is she had some good pussy. And I don't know why, but it just took me. <laughs> <laughs> My Nubian princess had big breasts. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. That is crazy. Yo, the 90s had the, probably the most like dopest <laughs> conscious rappers. They had Common, mm-hmm. motherfucking Tribe Called Quest, Black Thought. Yeah. Um, God, it was more too. You know who was like one of the top, like the top 100 hip hop songs of all time too is um, um, 93 to Infinity, so, the so, mm-hmm. so, Sons of Mischief. Mm-hmm. That I don't know why that song is like... <clears throat> Probably it's, I don't know what it is about the production or just how that song is. Yeah, sometimes it just come together. Like mm-hmm. just you get the right sample, the right drums. Yeah, and, uh, just a uh, timeless beat. Yeah, I know mm-hmm. Jake Hovey made that. Yeah, he rapped over it a couple times. Yeah, I was like, dang. <coughs> yeah, that's fire. That's dope, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What they have a. Um, I think Billboard has this um, top 100 rappers list of all time that is making making its rounds. Really? Yeah, but they're releasing it in like in like sections, which is kind of weird. I think mm. they're on. I think they're like in the twenties right now. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Mm. Or it might be top fifty. I know this much: if I had a top one hundred, it's a certain songs I would add, and one of them would be the Sons of Mischief, mm-hmm. and another one would be Regulate by Warren G and A Dog. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it would take me a while, but I would have to Regulators, come up with mount up. Yeah, <laughs> Regulators mount up. It was a clear black night. A That's just like a cool song. Like, what? It's just like a cool song. Yeah. Like just the way he came on rapping was just so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 16 in the clip and one in the hole. <clears throat> Nate Dog is about to make somebody's turn cold. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even see Nate Dog like angry. He just seemed like he was always neutral. Yeah. Like, you about to make me mad. I'm about to get my gun. You better run around. I'm about to shoot you. Oh. <laughs> that is crazy. Did this nigga just threatened me in a song? That is crazy. Yeah. Imagine if he had, like, like Nate Dogg would have, like, beef with another rapper, mm-hmm. and he'd just be singing through his beef. Mm-hmm. 
He's like, that nigga Lil Wayne trying to disrespect. I don't even care. About to check this bitch. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> like, yo, that nigga, he just threatened Lil Wayne, man. That song. <laughs> I will murder you. 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 <laughs> yo, we got to have that, yo. If, if, if Nate Dogg was alive, who would he be in a battle with? <laughs> would he be battling with? Damn, what is there any artist like having real beef, or you mean like a like like, like a, having like a versus? Oh, versus. Oh, I got one. I got one. Who's that? The only dude that if uh, that that um Nate Dog, the only dude that Nate Nate Dog could battle or in a versus would be T Pain. Ooh, I'm talking that might about. Be good. I'm talking about prime time T Pain. Might be good. Auto tone T Pain mm. against fucking Nate Dog. That would be good. That would be crazy. Mm-hmm. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be close too. Because let's be clear, T Pain has some slappers. I would say T Pain had a more successful independent like solo career. Oh yeah. But Nate Dogg did. Yeah. I got. Hoes. Like I he did that, hoes. 21 questions. Like uh what's that song? Eminem, uh Snoop Dogg was like I mean I Snoop Dogg, Nate Dogg was like he could say some super monog- collapse. He, 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 could, he could say some super misogynistic stuff, but he was so cool it mm-hmm. would just float right by you. Mm-hmm. I got hoes. I got hoes. Mm-hmm. It's just so melodic. I'm about to slap a bitch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm gonna grab her by the pussy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm about to Donald Trump. Bitch. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> yeah. Shout out to Nate. Rest in peace, Nate Dog. Yeah. R.I.P. Nate Dog. Man, mm-hmm. I was. I had a my my whole childhood was like a big chunk of it was Nate Dog man. Yeah, I don't even know how we got this far, man. I, all I'll say is, man, let's go back to the main topic of the, the girl going on dates, fellas. Just be smarter about who you invest your time with with these women because I think as men in, in this in this generation, men invest too much time giving women attention, and women uh, have a false sense of value because of it. Um, they go out into the world and think that everybody adores them because of all the fucking attention they get on social media. It's just it's just unneeded <laughs> validation. And it's not all women's fault. A lot of it is men's fault because mm-hmm. men just like and like and like everything and comment on everything and mm-hmm. blow up their egos. And these women have so many options of suckers because the suckers think they're being nice and saying stuff and taking them on dates. Mm-hmm. Women don't even like men like that. Mm-hmm. They like you for validation and for attention, but I guarantee you they're not they're not sleeping with any of those guys. Yeah. They're not sleeping with the guy that's willing to pay them three hundred dollars for no reason. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're fucking a dude that's they're actually sexually attracted to. Mm-hmm. And maybe we could learn a little bit more from women that way. Mm-hmm. How about you spend time with a woman who actually wants to fuck you? How about that? <laughs> Or a girl that you just like, you yeah. Know? Or a girl you just like, a girl. Yeah. You know what? That's that's another one. A, a woman <clears throat> that that you genuinely like that you want to spend time on. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I don't believe in strip clubs. I don't believe in going to a strip club and paying a woman a bunch of money to get naked. Like mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I work I work hard for my money, so I'm not trying to go to a place, spend money for a chick to get naked on me. 
The only time I want a chick naked is when she's jumping up and down on my penis. <laughs> Besides that, I don't want a woman around for that. That is ridiculous. Yeah. It is it's clearly absurd to me. I'm a strip club fan, but yeah. I'm not. I've only had fun at a strip club one time, but it's cuz I went with a couple chicks. Mm-hmm. Besides that, I really, you know, mm-hmm. it, yeah. No. No thanks. <laughs> no thanks, Tom Hanks. All right, switching gears. Rapper Young Thug um, he was handed a Percocet in the courtroom. And, um, yeah, you don't want to do that, especially if you're Young Thug and you're on trial trying to save your own life. Rapper Young Thug handed a Percocet in the courtroom drug deal caught on live, caught on video. Um, Grammy winner rapper Young Thug and racketeering co-defendant conducted a hand-to-hand drug transaction during a court hearing, prosecutors said in a motion filed in Atlanta. Fulton County prosecutors say the alleged exchange was captured on courtroom surveillance video Wednesday. Uh, The rapper, whose real name is Jeffrey Lamar Williams, and Khalif Adams are charged with conspiracy to violate the Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act and participation in criminal street gang activity, among other other charges. According to the motion seeking clarification of the record, Adam stood up in his chair and walked unattended to Young Thug and gave him a Percocet. The motion <laughs> said Young Thug tried to conceal his hand under the table. Sheriff's deputies took the painkiller and searched Adams, who resisted. He was taken in Grady Memorial Hospital after he appeared to ingest other items of contraband that he held in his... It, on his person um, in an effort to conceal the in extent of his crimes within the courtroom during the search of Adams, the deputies found Percocet, marijuana, tobacco, and other contraband wrapped in plastic and food seasonings. Wow. Oh, they're doing a lot. To mask the odor of the marijuana. Oh, yeah. The I heard that was said. like a thing. Okay, look here, man. Here's the thing. <clears throat> and I, I think a lot of the young, I don't think we have a whole bunch of young people to listen to this podcast, but a lot of you guys have kids that are younger, 17, 18, 15, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you tell your kids to never fucking do drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, there's never been a cool time to do drugs, but this is the worst time. Most of all, because a lot of this shit is laced with fentanyl, and it's fucking killing people. Yes, yeah, so it's lethal. Secondly, this guy is in court. With the with the like trying to battle for his freedom, and he is so he had like drugs has such a grip on him that he's trying to do drugs in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Think about how fucking strung out on drugs you have to be to try to take a Percocet in the middle of a fucking courthouse. Mm-hmm. You gotta be not only a stupid motherfucker, but you gotta be like I think that guy is probably about two days away from giving a blowjob to get some Percocet. Dang, because if you're that stupid. To be in court and try to do drugs. What else are you willing to do? That shit's got a hold on him. Yeah. And I think that, you know what I think it is too? I think he's his body is so used to doing Percocets and, and alcohol and shit so much. He's so heavily medicated that you know you can die if you don't get that shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like your body, like you, you, they call it like the shakes. Like you're, mm-hmm. you will start going through um, withdrawals yeah. if you don't have these Percocets in. So yeah. he's literally taking Percocets so he's not what they call it, dope sick. Mm-hmm. That's terrible, yeah. man. This yeah, that sh- happens like if you have it, like if you, uh, if you're an alcoholic. And you haven't drank in a minute, like you start shaking, or like you seen in the movie Ray, he was like, mm-hmm. you know, when he was coming down off of it. They said that uh, Kennedy, uh, John F. Kennedy, was like that when he was cheating, like without se- having not having well, sex, like not not cheating on his wife would make mm-hmm. him sick. 
Mm-hmm. No, or do they say he got sick every time he did it, or he didn't? So, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know the specifics. I think it was something, but it was like they a, said he addiction. Yeah, like he, like addiction. he got sick. They said Martin Luther King was like that, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, I need some head. Ooh. I need some white woman. <laughs> <laughs> I need some unseasoned pussy. That way. <laughs> if Martin Luther King only wanted us to be... Uh, um, desegregated just so he could hang out with white women. That wow. might have been his hidden agenda. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Mm-hmm. God, Martin. <laughs> Rest in peace, man. We have a lot of respect for Martin. We just kind of toss in these little jokes, historical jokes. Yeah. Because for those that don't know, Martin Luther King's girl, he had a like legitimate white girlfriend mm-hmm. and he wanted to go public, <clears throat> but she kept telling him like, hey, we cannot do that. We cannot go public. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, but I love you. We gotta <laughs> do something. <laughs> He's like, I we can't do this, Martin. Yeah, that would, that, this, I be I be wishing like, you know, all the ideas that I have in my head were easier to create. Mm. So you know, it would be it would be an amazing like, it would just I would do like like an episode of Atlanta or something like that. Mm. If Martin Luther King had a white woman as instead of in you know Coretta Scott, yeah, instead of Coretta Scott. It was like Marianne Scott or whatever. Um, you know, what what the narrative would be, what the, the like would he be as widely accepted as, mm. you know, this huge civil rights leader? I don't, I don't think so at all. I think he'd be less accepted by black and white people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would, would be a whole other battle he's fighting. Yeah. They'd mm-hmm. be like, get that it'd be bad. <laughs> I'm not even gonna say it. <laughs> but yeah. Go back to what you were saying. Fuck what I'm talking. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Shout out to so, Martin Luther King. Talking about Young Thug, man. Oh, uh, I don't remember what I was saying. Martin Luther King threw me off. Oh man, I I fucked you up. Mm-hmm. You're talking about uh, withdrawals. That's what we were talking about. Oh yeah, j- just just the idea that um, you know, it's like the like you were saying the uh, the withdrawals is like detrimental. Like you know, I, like in the movie Ray, I was saying like there's a. a there's a scene where he's like trying to get off of. I think he was doing heroin. Like yeah, he he was. was trying to get he was off shooting. of it, and yeah, he was just like I need throwing up and stuff. I need yeah. a baby. Oh, come on, where's yeah. That? Mm-hmm. So, and I and I've seen people, primarily alcoholics, um, and cocaine too, like in different drugs, yeah. just different people in my family and whatnot. Like when people are coming down, like it's like like they need it to to be okay in a sense people, like people yeah. go through sugar withdrawals too mm-hmm. some people that are changing their diet and they used to eating like shit they'll be like mm-hmm. i need something sweet you'd be like mm-hmm. no you don't your mm-hmm. body's telling you that you do but you're just addicted to sugar yeah you know sometimes i'll be going in the food aisle or something like that and i'll be like and this is what you got to do this is how you know sugar is, is addictive just as addictive as drugs you go down the aisle, and then by the time you get to the register, you be like, "Why is there a packet of donuts and like two, three boxes of cereal mm-hmm. in here?" And I go right back around and take all that shit out of my cart. Yeah, or they have the little uh, Snickers by the by the checkout. So they know what they're doing. One, you throw one of those in there. Yeah, yeah, they know what they're doing. They know mm-hmm. what they're doing. And usually, it'd be some exclusive snacks right there mm-hmm. by the checkout. You'd be mm-hmm. like, "Ooh, I might want to try that." Yeah, Ooh, Reese's Reese's Pieces flakes. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, y'all making Reese's cereal now? <laughs> you really trying to give people diabetes now, you motherfuckers? Yeah, yeah. Little kids and it's always little kids get to that. Mommy, I want this. Mm-hmm. I seen this one lady uh, tell her kid like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, put that back. We ain't got no money for that. Put that back." And I'm thinking like, I don't like when parents do that though, because here's the translation: We ain't got no money for that. No, you don't. You the one that's broke. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you yelling at your kid, telling them we ain't got money for that. Like they did something wrong for asking for a fucking kid, like a, a snack. But yeah, they're a kid, so that's what they're gonna do. That that is one of the things. Like um, there's some like we talked about reparenting a long time ago. Right. A lot of that stuff is like devastating it for is. a kid. Like that stuff carries with them into adulthood, mm-hmm. and they start to believe that they can't afford anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have a six-figure salary but they like they hold on to all of their money because their mm-hmm. parents kept telling them we can't afford this we can't, we can't afford, afford this. this we can't afford this i think you mentioned the reparenting i think that it's important to not do that to kids too it's not not to put out the illusion that we could afford everything because we can't mm-hmm. but at the same time when you say we can't afford anything we can't afford this we can't afford that put that back or we don't got money for that right now you're literally forcing children into adult themes. Mm-hmm. Like you're making little kids worry about adult problems. Mm-hmm. And um, one time this dude says something, I've seen it on TikTok, and he and is this buff dude too. And he's talking about his daughter and he went through some financial times, like the uh, bad times financially. Mm-hmm. I think he had lost his job or something. And then um, he said his daughter came up to him and she was like, here, daddy, here's some money so it can help pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And she like handed him like four dollars. He was like, "No, baby, you keep that." He's like, "You're good. We're we're fine. We're fine." And when she walked off, he said he was crying. God dang, that's sad. Yeah, because yeah. kids hear everything, man. They hear everything. They absorb everything. Mm-hmm. I just don't know who was complaining about bills. Maybe him and his wife or whatever. Yeah, but that's why you got to make sure you get a good partner, man. Because if you got a lady and things start getting bad and y'all got kids, y'all need to like keep them the fuck out of all of that. It's mm-hmm. not like you need to lie to them. But you guys need to fix, resolve that amongst each other. Mm-hmm. Don't be like, look, we're not eating pastrami tonight. We don't got money for that. Or mm-hmm. we're not going out there to eat. We ain't got money for that. Mm-hmm. You could be like, oh, instead of going out to eat there, we're just trying to eat a little healthier. We're going to eat inside tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's tough. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, I think that's important what you're saying. I think we, what that is um, in terms of the, you know, not having the money to pay for a snack or something, I think that. It's just important to like really be mindful of the way we articulate that, you know, you know, because if you do keep saying that we can't afford that, put that back or we ain't got enough money for that, put that back. Like a lot of times, one, that's a lie because, you know, a lot of times we'll be having food stamps and stuff like that. And it's just you just don't want to get it for your kid because, you know, it's just too much sugar. I think that may I think the like really getting to the root of why you're not buying it is better than just saying you don't have enough money you know yeah or just just say like hey well um right now uh we are saving money or we're saving blah 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 so we're not going to get that but you know if you be good for the rest of the week we could get that next time or i'm not getting that for you you know and and stop like pouring this neck this narrative on your kids that is like you know just detrimental to the way they view finances yeah Mm. yeah you don't want to do that Mm. Yeah, no, I dig that, man. Yeah, we kind of got off the main topic there for a second, which is Young Thug. But I mean, mm. how much can you say? Yeah, you know, motherfucker, don't do drugs. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, you just you see how much of a grip it has on a, um, you know, a rap artist or a musician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, where he can't even, you know, he can't even live a drug free life, and he's his his literal freedom is on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, you're risking even more freedom by bringing drugs. And contraband to the fucking courthouse. Yeah, for somebody like you said, fighting for their freedom, it just that's just not a good look. And he tried to make it sound like he 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 didn't know what was going on, but I just I've never in my thirty years of living, no one has ever randomly 
came up to me and slipped me some some drugs Mm-mm. that I just didn't know was like you know first of all no one slipped me any drugs but no it definitely hasn't happened just randomly like, I could imagine like if he like trying to make a song while he like busting like your honor <laughs> your honor I'm telling you been in the funny send him a penny <laughs> I did in the pocket the second and funny and fucking your honor be like order in the court that was fire that was <laughs> that fucking was fire. <laughs> <laughs> he in the gavel. That was fucking fire. <laughs> I'm gonna reduce your sentence. That judge I was reading the lyrics was comedy. Yeah, get Metro in here right now. Get Metro in there right now. No, wait a minute, y'all. You can't be having him coming in. Your Metro's that's my, that's my guy right there. We can't have him coming in right now. Future probably be really like the way. <laughs> I was I said I'll be sending him like little voice messages with like fake future, like what future <laughs> might say. Like honestly, like I ain't got no issue with Russell Wilson. Like Russell Wilson a cool dude. Like he still be letting me smash my baby mama and all that. Like he a real cool dude, you know. He can't throw a football no more, but like he really be getting down. Like he really be doing what he do. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> still be letting me smash his baby moms. I'll be bad for you. Early in the morning and the night. <laughs> You already know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's smoking, but he'd be smoking like big blunts or something. I don't know why his voice is like you that. You get that like that low like that. Yeah, just real low like that. Mm-hmm. Bro, he in uh, yeah, Future's 39. He did a uh, a live show and he was just like he was just exhausted. Really? Yeah, he just like got to the point where he just dropped he just had the mic to his side just walking around. He nah, like, you got tired. That nigga just I didn't like that. that nigga's like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like he was just doing the ab libs. This nigga wasn't even doing <laughs> the music anymore. That was crazy. Nah. Yeah, that's that I I think um I don't know. I I've I've always been in relatively good shape, but I've definitely seen a lot of people get like tired on stage i'd be like yeah dog. but it, but it'd be like the I, the guys that you know like that just is just chunky like you know yeah. you just know they're not doing no physical activity yeah. especially when you're an artist when you're an artist and you start getting money you just you start eating good you in the studio all day long you're not really walking around like you know you might have done before you got a deal yeah and you know that they just be eating chips and freaking. Rick Ross cleaned his diet up pretty good, mm-hmm. so he's a lot smaller than what he was. Mm-hmm. His interviews be having me dying because they all kind of be the same. You hear? You seen the thing he said about the Tesla? Yeah, I know. I, I posted yeah. it. Yeah, he's like, honestly, I don't really see myself getting a Tesla because what if one day it go off the grid and it's like. Bzz, bzz, bzz. <laughs> the sound effects was comedy. He's like, Ricky, we need you to come in for questioning. <laughs> Rose, and then all of a sudden, an agent come out talking about, like, we need to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, one time, like, before, he always mentions food in some way. He's yeah. like, one minute, I'm like, I ain't even got my wings from the, from yeah. the wings. I'm still at wings. Stop trying to get some wings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The lemon pepper, I don't know. That'd be crazy. That nigga Shout really out gross. to Rick, man. He really be throwing. He do be throwing a wing stop in every conversation. Yeah, he do. He like. I feel like there's some people that's like ultimate hustlers, like guys like Diddy, that they not wasting no opportunity to promote their brands. No. Yeah, Rick Ross is definitely one of them. Yeah, the thing with Diddy is he he just makes he makes um, I don't know. He, 
the way he presents stuff is kind of like outdated. Mm-hmm. What's up, y'all? Like, I want to introduce all y'all to my new liquor. It's a liquor that I put my heart, my soul in. It's called Rodeche. And y'all going to love it, man. This is this the latest thing. Everybody know what this is. Whatever. I'm like, man, P. Diddy, we didn't heard you do this. So <laughs> many other. been doing that for years. You've been doing this shit for years, nigga. We yeah. don't give a fuck about this shit no more. He got the Daily On. Was it Daily On now? Yeah. P. Diddy seems like a guy that like I would just stay away from. Not No disrespect. But only mm-hmm. because P. Diddy seems like the type of guy that as long as you guys are cool and mm-hmm. you kind of like low-key kissing his ass. Like, y'all be cool, but if mm-hmm. y'all get on bad terms, like, he'll send his henchmen after you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a fucking villain in a real yeah. Marvel series. He got, like, mafia ties. Oh, yeah. Like, these guys, they got a lot of money, but, like, they almost billionaires are around that. They got the money to send somebody after you. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't, yeah. So, I don't want to get close to those guys. I'm doing a podcast. I say something that goes viral about P. Diddy, and it's making rounds on the internet mm-hmm. all over Instagram. And then P. Diddy is like, oh, he live in Bakersfield, huh? Okay. Nah, I think P. Diddy is more likely to see you himself. Like, the, the the stories about Diddy is always about him fighting Drake or J. Cole or uh, fighting the coach at UCLA for, you know, for his son not playing or something like really? that. Really? Yeah. I feel it's, like Diddy will pull up on you himself. He'll pull up on me? Yeah. I'll beat his motherfucking ass, too. That nigga Diddy might... That nigga Diddy apparently Where you got at, hands. Diddy? Where you Diddy at, bro? Apparently got hands. That nigga Where, putting hands on everybody. Where you at, Diddy? Hands and feet on people. Yeah, I heard he be putting mouths on people too. That's crazy. <laughs> he just had a baby. You seen he just had a baby? He did. He got a young baby. P. Diddy be like, nigga, don't make me put my mouth on you, nigga. <laughs> That's crazy. You be like, what'd you say? Is that a threat? <laughs> Because <laughs> he didn't have some shit he didn't said that's been kind of sus, man. Yeah, yeah. He'd be like, "Ooh, yeah, I like that, daddy. Yeah, come hang out with me. I want to take you I shopping. Take you. I like that, daddy, for real, daddy. You know, <laughs> I like it nasty, daddy." And he'd be like, "What the fuck is you talking about? Yeah. You would, we we in here making music? Yeah, saying I like it nasty. You give him, you, you know, you like that here. verse is real sloppy." You be like, what? what are you talking about, man? Hey, man, get this nigga the fuck out of here, man. You make a mistake, he be like, ooh, that steak juicy. I love it from the back, daddy. You be like, nigga, it's a steak. Hey, man, tell that nigga to get out of here, man. Yeah, I ain't never heard nobody use that lingo that he uses when he mm-hmm. says shit like that. Mm-hmm. He was on Drink Champs. He made it really fucking awkward. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I love that, daddy. I love when you do that, daddy. You're <laughs> tall, daddy. And everybody was looking around at each other like, what the fuck Niggas is going uncomfortable. on? Uncomfortable. Do you see what um, uh, uh, the, the chick he was with for a while, Cassie? Mm-hmm. I guess she got engaged and her and her um, her uh, fiance posted, like, I guess talking about P. Diddy and he posted a LGBT flag. You didn't see that? Nah, I didn't see that. Yeah, nigga, it was on Instagram. That ain't none of my business. Ain't none of my business. <laughs> I'm not calling a man that. I'm just saying what what had popped up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but my thing is this. I, I'm I'm aware. This is a lot of this is satire. Mm-hmm. And you know the thing about it is like me and Keith don't know how big things are gonna be for us. But I'm not tucking my tail. If that nigga told me, hey man, so like, what's up with these clips you got of me talking crazy? I'll be like, yeah, I said it, nigga. I was cracking a joke. <laughs> I'll tell him to his face, I cracked the joke, man. Yeah, I'm man, not, man. I'm not out here trying to make you look bad. I'm not, I don't double down on fucking with people. Yeah. But I'm not gonna tuck my tail. I'm like, it's content, man. Mm-hmm. Nigga, you make it like you ain't never said nothing about nobody. Yeah. These dudes got they got really sensitive egos too. 
Yeah. If you like, you think that a nigga like me can't get to a person like P. Diddy, I can. <clears throat> yeah. I it, like the things that I say on here can reach because it's going to be on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's going to be on the YouTube. Somebody could clip this up and they reposted the TikTok and then that goes to Instagram. All of a sudden, is this black truck driver out of Bakersfield, California? And now P. Diddy is like, yo, where's this nigga at? Where he lives? <laughs> <laughs> Where you at, man? I want to put my. I want to put everything on him, man. <laughs> I want to put like, everything nigga, nah, on don't him. Don't come out here. God damn. I heard about you, man. I don't want you coming out here, bro. <laughs> 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 nigga, P Diddy come to my job. I'm gonna put these mouse on you, bro. You like? Oh my god. Hey, security, can you take him and put him back in the car, man? <laughs> That's crazy. Can you imagine somebody threatening you in like a in like a like, like sexual way? In a sexual way. Some dude, this dude named Brandon Black, he had uh dang, I don't even I would I couldn't even repeat what the, the clip had said. Mm-hmm. But it was like it was like very aggressive but like homosexual. Like homoerotic like, almost? Yeah, like nigga, come over here for I grab your ass, nigga. Like it was just like what? it was a clip. It was a clip that he had, and he was just react. You know, you know, they'd be reacting to the the things on Instagram. It was like stuff like that. Oh man, mm-hmm. imagine you'd be like, "No, nah, don't turn your back to me, homie. Don't you turn your back on me? I'm gonna hit you from the back. That's what everything." <laughs> like what? That- <laughs> <laughs> like this nigga going? Like what kind of assault is this nigga <laughs> trying to do? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, oh, no, no, here we go, here we go, here we go. Imagine P. Diddy say something that's like, you know, uh, almost like, what what do you call it? Like ambiguous, like mm-hmm. ambiguously, ambiguously gay or whatever. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, you know what? You turn your back on me. You know what I'm saying? That's because you, that's because you, you know, I know you, the type of niggas like you, you like it from the back. <laughs> Imagine somebody in the corner like, hey, yo. <laughs> you and New York niggas like, yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> and we out here in California. So it'll be like a New York nigga come way out here just to say that. <laughs> out of nowhere. Nigga fly LA, the John F. Kennedy, the LAX, just to say that. Nah, it'd be a New York nigga just pop out of one of our dumpsters like, hey, yo. <laughs> With some Tim's on. Like this nigga came out the trash can, man. Where did he come from? This nigga came. He came way from Brooklyn. Yeah, what's going on? Yep. But yeah, there's that man. Switching gears. Uh, Recently, um, Florida got busted for fake nursing degrees, and this is really serious. It's really serious. More than seventy six hundred fake nursing diplomas issued in Florida uh, alleged wire fraud scheme. Thousands of practices, uh, thousands of practicing nurses in the U.S. could potentially be working with bogus academic credentials after federal officials uncovered an alleged scheme at three South Florida nursing schools. The Department of Justice said Wednesday that the schools uh, now closed allegedly issued more than 7,600 fake and unearned nursing diplomas. Niggas out here stealing uh, diplomas. Um, the schools involved in the alleged scheme include Siena College, Palm Beach School of Nursing, and Sacred Heart International Institute. The Justice Department has charged more than two dozen people for the alleged involvement, saying that enraged engaged in a scheme to sell fraudulent nursing degree diplomas and scripts obtained from accredited Florida-based nursing schools. Each of those defendants now faces up to 20 years in prison. According to the charging documents, many of those involved in alleged scheme uh, are from out of state, including people from New York and New Jersey. The nurses with the fake degrees went out on two work in various settings, including from homebound children, assisted living facilities, and veteran affairs. 
In several states, documents showing including Ohio, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Georgia, Maryland, and Texas. Okay, this is fucked up. This is fucked up on a higher level, too. Because we're getting fake, <clears throat> fake nursing degrees. Why is Florida always at the forefront of bullshit? Yeah. There's always something weird going on in Florida. Yeah, it's always something. It's like an alligator eating somebody's kid one day, mm-hmm. and then the next day a human biting somebody trying to eat their face because he was on bath salts. Yeah. And then the next day a uh, motherfucker um, walks into Walmart and um, takes a shit in the middle of the store and then smears it on people. Like, mm-hmm. Florida got the weirdest headlines ever, bro. Mm-hmm. That is, it's like, and what's crazy about Miami or Florida in general, just the state, is this actually a decent state, you mm-hmm. know, like Miami? Besides, mm-hmm. their weather is kind of fucked up. But I don't know, man. I don't know nothing about Florida outside of uh, no taxes. Yeah, that and old people retire there. It's a mm-hmm. bunch of old people on the beach drying yeah. the fuck up. And trying to save all that tax money, bro. Yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of brown, a lot of Latinos there, too. A lot of Latinos and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Haitians, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a melting pot. Like, I think it's Puerto Ricans, Haitians, and... Uh, Dominicans, I think. Mm, okay. Yeah. So it's it's like a, I don't know. It's almost like its own. But hold on, I'm trying to think. What's what's next to uh? It's not Puerto Rico. It's freaking Dominican Republic. I think, isn't it? Uh, I think those are all off the off the. I'm not. It's like only like Jew- thirty miles Jeffrey. away from Florida. I'm trying to think of what it is. It's on like, the like an island out there off yeah. the coast of off the coast. Is of it Florida. Cuba? Maybe Cuba. I think it's Cuba, dog. Mm-hmm. I'm about to go ahead and say, how far is Cuba from my from Florida? It can't be that far. Geography lesson with the Trucker's Mind podcast. Yeah, man. Look, I'm a truck driver, but I mean, when it comes to going to different countries and shit, that's where you got me. Yeah. How far is Cuba from Florida? 485 miles. That shit close as a motherfucker. That shit is close, dude. Yeah. They be on the boat going from... There was a time in the 90s where if you went on American soil, then you were considered an American citizen. I think it was under uh, the first Bush administration, I think. Okay. Don't quote me on that, but it had to be... I think it was either Nixon or... No, it wasn't Nixon. Mm-hmm. Is it Nixon or... They, they stopped it, though. Let me see. Um, I'm just going to put Cuba... Puerto Rico, Cuba, yeah, Cuba reaching right American Puerto soil. Rico, Puerto Rico is further down. <clears throat> here it is. Here it is. Here it is. In August of 1995, the Clinton administration's wet foot, dry foot policy responded to Fidel Castro's declaration that no Cuban would be confined from leaving the island by boat. The legislation enabled Cubans who successfully reached U.S. soil to uh, soil to apply for legal status. Mm. And so they could once they got on American soil, they could be like, "Hey, I'm here, Papa. I'm here." <laughs> what? Uh, what's that? What's that country Charlemagne be going to? Oh, Anguilla. Anguilla. Yeah, where's Anguilla? At? That shit is somewhere in Africa. Anguilla's in Africa. I think. I don't think it's in Africa. Anguilla. It is British British overseas territories. St. Martin. So it's near St. Uh, uh, St. Martin. That is in East Caribbean. 
East Caribbean dollar, North America. Yes. It's the Caribbean. Yeah, I see it. Mm-hmm. Anguilla. That's kind of by Barbados and all that. Granada. Yeah. Yeah. Trinidad and Tobago. That nigga love talking about going to Anguilla. <clears throat> That's why I must be a lot of black people over there. Yeah, he'd be like, you know, I was over with my, with my man, my man Sparky over, and we was in Anguilla. Mm-hmm. And, it, and like sometimes, in Anguilla. yeah, sometimes uh, I think uh, uh, Schultz would be like, motherfucker, you need to just live there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he the type of person that might retire there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, man, I was gonna. Oh, the thing with the thing with the fake degrees is that you know it's cool. It's not cool. I, I think you Fuck know, just no, it's not. not like lying to to get the job. Um, but the 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 what I was trying to say is that it's dangerous because the when you're a nurse, your um, people's lives is in your hands in yeah. terms of you know doing CPR and you know just uh, knowing the the proper medication to give people and you know how to do certain procedures the the, the right way, and that is stuff that people learn by getting certified or getting you. you know nursing degrees and stuff like that so that's the dangerous part of it also like most most um jobs w- that require like some sort of degree or something like that it's it's for a reason right, right? right, right. so I, I went to architecture school um back in the day and the reason why you need a degree in architecture is because the very building the very house that you're listening from or whatever the case may be if this thing falls apart, then, right. you know, we, we're going to lose our lives. Like, you yeah. know, people's lives are in our hands. When you yes. miscalculate something or you don't um, measure something properly or if, you know, if you are designing this building and the floor is um, supposed to be 14 inches and you measured it to be like 12 inches, that's like, that's mm-hmm. a big deal. And that's like, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's life. Um, this building has been up since like, nigga, like a long the time. 19- early 1900s yeah. so you know that's just good engineering good yeah. architecture right good floor plan. um but if you just give somebody a degree and they just sketch something on a freaking uh, uh college rule yeah. paper two months make- later you stand in the fucking leaning tower of pisa <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> why is my house slanted you on google and shit yeah. is it normal for your house to be slanted yeah yeah the youtube university degrees it just don't work Fix your so. slanted house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just like in terms of, you know, though, like nurses, doctors, uh, architects, engineers, um, just stuff like that. You just want to make sure, you know, even in, in even in trades, you know, you want to yeah. make sure people got the proper licenses and, and stuff like that and pass the proper test in order to drive trucks and in order to Fuck operate yeah. forklifts and all these different things. I know motherfuckers with a CDL that still can't drive. Imagine not even having one. You don't yeah. got a fucking commercial driver's license and they put your stupid ass in a truck. You're going to hurt a bunch of innocent people. Yeah. Like, what I feel like is there are certain occupations that you cannot play with. One of them is anything in the medical field for this reason. If you work at McDonald's, right, and you make a batch of fries and you burn them, all you got to do is throw them fries away and make a new batch. But you cannot do that with human lives. Yeah. But a human life, you say, oh, just give them 20 cc's of this. That'll work. And then you give them the wrong amount, and this nigga's dead. Yeah. And he's dead because <laughs> that's what you call that malpractice. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 no. That's not okay. Yeah. We, yeah. Need, we, need, we need people in the medical field who are actually trained to do the job. Yeah. You know, and the sad thing is, is people are trying to infiltrate the the medical field because it's a good paying job, 
But I don't think that's a space that should be infiltrated. That's a space that should be earned through actual work hours and mm-hmm. and studying. Mm-hmm. Because what's going to happen is, is if you're if you're a well studied nurse or doctor when you're practicing this, you're going to come across a situation that's very 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 unique, mm-hmm. and it could only be like. Your care for that person can only be replicated through the knowledge that you've attained mm-hmm. through years and years of studying. Yeah. But when you when some, when you go to motherfucking, uh, you meet somebody on the street corner and they be like, here, sign this, dog. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get you your degree right now. Here you go. Yeah. And you sign that and you get it, you're putting everybody's life in danger. Yeah. Now, now there's probably basic care that you know. Like, let's say, for example, you're like a freaking uh, CNA or something, right? Mm-hmm. And or you're you're a CNA and you're studying to be a nurse and you get so much nurse information and you like you know what I want to fast track this let me get a fake degree, right? So you got some knowledge as a CNA you're not even an LVN yet. Usually that's how it works. Usually it's like CNA, LVN, RN, mm-hmm. but you usually have to be skilled in all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you just try to fast track it. And you don't got no information, man. You're gonna end up killing somebody oh, just sure. because you want to make more money. Yeah, you know. And sometimes I see truck drivers, man. And I get a little bit frustrated with them because I see some of the things that they're doing is dangerous. The other day on Friday, this dude cut somebody off, and it was so fucking dangerous the way he did it. Mm-hmm. He just jumped out in front of this car, and I blew the horn like motherfucker. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And then the lady was next to me on the left lane. She looked up at me, and I just said, "I'm sorry. I don't know what this guy's mm-hmm. doing." You know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's like you playing with you playing with people's lives. Yeah, man. man. That's not that doesn't work. It's a lot of stuff that you can just be good at. You know, just um, by learning from YouTube or just reading a lot of books or something like that. But you know, when you really got uh, people's lives in your hands, yeah, it doesn't. You need that degree. That they're trying to do things now to where they're shifting to where a lot of jobs won't need degrees. But I don't know, man. Like. I think the I think it I think that does work in terms of like there's some there's like some computer coders and stuff like that uh, computer scientists that that just know the information like you know so I understand that not necessarily requiring a degree but anything where you you plan with people's lives and in any capacity you designing cars and all that stuff I need somebody with you know that's well researched well developed that knows what they're doing you know hell yeah. yeah if you if you try to get somebody that's like <clears throat> not a very well studied um architect and they write a bullshit floor plan mm-hmm. you'd be like nigga why i got a door on my roof what the fuck is going on here yeah i used to just write some floor plans back in the day mm-hmm. i used to have a architectural drafting class in high school oh that's cool yeah yeah <laughs> and we were like one of the first ones at least that i remember that we had like a computer system mm-hmm like, cause you know how you do the physical ones, mm-hmm. the physical floor plans that you write up, mm-hmm. and then we also had the computer one mm-hmm. that we went in there and we had to do it through there. Yeah. But yeah, man, I had a, a a really cool teacher. I didn't really take it too serious, but mm-hmm. Roger Stillman was a really great guy. I haven't checked on him or anything. I yeah. feel I feel so bad because he said, "Hey, man, you get a chance." Stop by and see me, and I never did. He was yeah. always such a nice guy. Yeah, I want to. I I gotta do that too. I know um, a teacher like that for me was uh, Mr. Coles. Not like the, oh, Mr. Coles, not yeah. the dad, but the son. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Coles, a cool guy. Yeah, he his birthday was actually a few days ago. Really, uh, earlier, earlier, well, earlier in January. He was there when I was there. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but he would always tell me like, cause he all of my 
not all of my siblings, but most of my siblings had him as him? a teacher. Okay. Yeah, so he would always say like swing by and you know say hi and stuff like that. Yeah. I think for me sometimes it just be kind of awkward because you just like I don't know. It's you know it's just you know I don't know. You just make up all these ideas in your head like why you haven't gone or whatever. But sometimes teachers just be wanting to see you and just catch up. Yeah, man. Doing. I think some teachers actually like you though, like mm-hmm. as people. Yeah, they're like you know, this guy's a young person, but they're actually a cool person. You know. Yeah, for sure. If you're a fucking asshole, they don't want to have nothing to do with you. Yeah. But I, he, Mr. Cole's kind of look like Mr. Burke. I don't know if you remember Mr. Burke. Mm-mm. Both tall white guys, kind of kind of skinny. No, Mr. I don't know Coles, Mr. Burke. How tall, Mr. Mr. Cole's? He like six three. Ain't he? Yeah, he was tall. Six three, six four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so was Mr. Burke. They're both tall. They both look like each other. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen Mr. Burke in forever, man. Mm-hmm. But these are all really cool people. But after I left high school, I never really returned. Yeah, I never like to see any of the teachers. But they like they kind of want to see where you are in life, man. Yeah, just to see like you know the impact that they may have had on you, right. or like maybe swing by and talk to some kids. And, or something. and I feel bad too because the fucked up thing about it is this year is my fucking twentieth year reunion, mm-hmm. right? I graduated in two thousand three, so mm-hmm. I know there's some teachers that are probably really up in age, man. And, yeah, they're getting up there. They may not even be around, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like Roger Stillman or Mister Stillman. Um, he back then he had to be in his sixties then, man. Mm-hmm. So I mean, damn, it's been twenty years, bro. Mm-hmm. And I feel so bad. Like, hope I hope he's in really good health. If I seen him again, but I mean, that's how it goes, bro. He mm-hmm. may not be around. I, I I have to talk to somebody and see if they know where he's at. Mm-hmm. But he's a very well known. Um, uh, he wrote a lot of floor plans for people and shit. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, a lot of people that I've seen over the years, man. Yeah, yep. I I remember. I didn't take his class, but I do remember uh, him being up. I think I might have only met him after I graduated high school or something like that. Yeah, yeah I never took the class, but yeah. There's there's only one person that I know of to every anybody listening who may have went to Bakersfield High School. Um, there's only one person that I know for sure. It's a possibility that he may still be at BHS, and that's Steve. Oh yeah. Steve. I don't know if he's there still, but I know who you're talking about. Steve, yeah. the security. Mm-hmm. That guy, They we used to call him Scuba Steve or Steve-O, right? Yeah. And Steve has been there before my sister went there. My sister's three years older than me. So that means my sister graduated in 2000, you know, I, and that guy was there before my sister was there. So mm-hmm. think about that shit, how long and how many students have seen Steve. Yeah, I posted it's a 2023. Yes, God damn, bro! I posted a picture of Steve about five years ago, maybe five or six years ago, and I was like, "Who remembers this guy?" And the picture went viral, nigga. Really? Yeah, it went viral. It was yeah. a bunch, and it was like, it was current. I don't know how it happened, but like current students who were going to BHS at that time, they were like, "Oh fuck yeah, that's Steve. Steve. Still He's there. still here." Yeah, and then and then it was people older than me. There's like do people in their forties like, oh man, he chased me down the street. Yeah, or yeah, I had him in. You know, I'm just like, oh, you know my what? God. I, you know what I'd be thinking like, if you, I don't, I don't know his financial state, but if you've been at a job for maybe thirty years, or yeah, maybe thirty years potentially. I don't know how long he's been there, but um. You probably have just worked your way just by proximity or just by mm-hmm. working there so many years into a decent salary, you know. Yeah. Like I, I just, I'm just saying, like I couldn't imagine somebody staying at a job like that if they're not like taking care of him financially. Yeah, but you just, you just never really know. But I'm just saying, like 
you know, especially working for the district, there's probably some retirement plan or something like that. He probably. Yeah. Probably you know, had. one thing I'll say is this. When I look back at Steve and in, in, in retrospect, it's like we were younger. And we was like, man, Steve is a fucking asshole. He's always acting like a cop and this and that. Mm-hmm. But one thing we could be rest assured of that the parents needed to understand is your pa- all these all of us students were more safe because of Steve. Yeah, that's real. Steve made sure that the students like, hey, where are you going? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. This and that. You know, he wasn't no funny business around Steve. He wasn't playing no shit with no kids. Yeah, he riding around with the, on that cart. Yeah, he wasn't playing no games. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. although a lot of us didn't like him. I think that a lot of our parents, you know, uh, one time I, I told, like, Steve had kind of talked kind of wild to me one day, and I told my dad, mm-hmm. and nigga, my dad went back to, to, to that school. He was about to kill Steve. Mm-hmm. He's like, nigga, who, who, is, who is Steve? And my dad came onto the campus. Mm-hmm. He's like, who the fuck is Steve talking to my son like this? And then the, the, the kids, that was some kids on the campus, like, it's him. Steve over there. Uh, snitching on him. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? Oh, my phone. And it's like, it's him right there. And I was like, yeah, that's Steve. And he's like, hey, man, what you saying to my son, man? Because mm-hmm. my dad knew I would never lie to him about no shit like that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I basically told your son. He's like, motherfucker, don't tell me what you told my son. I know you were lying ass. You look like you on drugs, motherfucker. You like my dad, that? yeah, my pops went off on this guy. Damn. And then what ended up happening is my dad walked to the office and uh, they had like a talk about what had happened. And they came to an understanding. But one thing I really will say about my dad, may he rest in peace, is he never let nobody play with me, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was an issue with the school, he would go up to the school mm-hmm. and talk to the people and say, hey, man, like, you know, don't be disrespecting my son. He know mm-hmm. better than to be talking to y'all like that, but don't be disrespecting my son, bro. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm sure it's probably other, other uh, listeners out there that probably have that history with certain uh, workers at school. Especially like my elementary school, there's been teachers at McKinley that um, like only recently retired mm-hmm. after working. You know, they retire like 60 or some years old. It's just like be career teachers, you know, career staff members at schools. It takes a lot to, you know, work in a school system for that many years. I know. Some of these kids be straight assholes. Oh, for sure. Miss Jenkins is a bitch. He's like, <laughs> yeah. You in the second grade. How you know, let's say bitch like that. <laughs> Yeah. I don't really you talking about. These kids be so bad. Yeah. Especially they all these little motherfuckers got phones now. Oh mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Nice I have, phones. I would have a no phone policy. I say, hey, you can't be in my class unless you put your phone into the front of the classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They mean they're recording you too. Yeah, like what you recording me for, motherfucker? You should yeah. be taking notes off this board. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they literally, what there should literally be in every classroom, they should put a locker in every single classroom with your own personalized lock on it. And you should not be able to start the class until you put that fucking phone in there. Yeah, that's real. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't really see too many occasions where you need to be recording. I don't, I don't see it. You know, I don't see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's ridiculous. How the fuck you going to learn and you on, you motherfucking trying to learn, but as a kid in the back watching Pornhub. Ha. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Did you did you know um Josh Shirley is a principal at BHS? What? That's what I heard. No way. Don't my quote team, me. My teammate? That's what I heard. I heard Josh Shirley? I gotta principal look this up. If Josh Shirley's a principal, I'm gonna pull up on him. Yeah. No way. Josh was a fucking dog. That dude was a stud. Yeah. I he could play the fucking he was a really good corner. Really good football player. Yeah. No fucking way. There's no way that guy's 
The principal. I thought he was in like uh, real estate or That's something. That's what I thought. Let's see here. Let me see. I have to look on the theme. The Bakersfield High School website. Oh, you're checking the website? Let me yeah. check it out. Let's see it, Josh Shirley. Josh Shirley, Josh Shirley. Uh, okay. Director, Bakersfield Affiliate Office, Realty Advisor. I don't know if he's a principal there. It doesn't mean he's not. Yeah, let me see. Isolate. Updated staff, isolation, quarantine protocols. This is resources for staff, schedule. Mm. They used to have like the pictures on here. Let me see if I. Yeah, let me see it. Staff directory. Let's see if this is. Josh Shirley could have very well went to the NFL. Think so? Fuck yeah. That dude was a really good corner. Really good corner. That dude was definitely one of the. He probably was the best player on our team. That says a lot because we had Blake Mackey, and Blake was a fucking dog. Mm -hmm. He was an NFL wide receiver. It's unfortunate. That he didn't go to the next level at NFL. He was an NFL wide receiver, bro. Like he was a prototype. He Blake was about Mackey. Blake was yeah. Blake's mm-hmm. about six three, six four. Mm-hmm. Dude ran about a four three. Long, mm-hmm. long could get open. Yeah. Punt returner, kick returner. Really fucking good receiver. Yeah. Oh, that's freaking. Josh Shirley, you got someone on YouTube. Attendance, email, teachers, alumni. Doesn't mean he's not the principal there. It doesn't mean that. It just means he might not have enough coverage up there. Yeah. We'd have to, um, we should probably move on because we're yep. going boring audience. You're boring audience. They're like, I don't know who these niggas are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. trying to get to work. I'm trying to get in my cubicle. You guys are ruining my day, okay? Yeah. Sorry. I don't care about you and Keith's personal life. Let's just, let's just stick to the topics, okay? <laughs> Yeah, but these Florida nursing degrees, I've said everything I could say about it. Yeah, okay. Um, it, it's it's unfortunate. Um, I would just be, if you feel like a nurse is not giving you proper care, say, hey, I want to see your credentials, okay? Who the fuck are you? Is your name really Jason? This dude's name is Ben Shirley. It's not Josh Shirley. Oh, I don't know who's who Ben talking. Shirley. I don't know the fuck that is. That is his dad? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea who that is. You know who told me that? What? Dijon. He said, "Oh, <laughs> well, getting, he was kind of right, but he was not right. He's getting his getting his white people mixed up. <laughs> but Josh is Josh really is not really white. He's like some type of his mom is something. Some people just look racially ambiguous. Yeah, he does. He just looks like a like brown person. Yeah, Josh kind of looked like Aladdin a little bit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. shout out to my old teammate, man. Mm-hmm. All right, switching gears." Colin Kaepernick is making a documentary about Kern County, more specifically Bakersfield, where me and Keith are from. And it's not a good documentary. It's actually uh, <laughs> talking about uh, the police shootings and whatnot out here in this, this area. Uh, 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 uh. Here we go. All right. Colin Kaepernick's new doc destroys one of Kevin McCarthy's talking points. This is probably a very liberal um, article. Sometimes you can tell. Why are they making this political? 
I don't know, but because it's it, it's just what people do. It, the, the, the problem I have with it, you can tell when something is very liberal or conservative bias. Yeah. But we're, we're going to make it do this. Colin Kaepernick's <laughs> new doc destroys one of Kevin McCarthy's talking points. The former San Francisco 49er star is about to drop a documentary about police violence and corruption in McCarthy's district. Um, former uh, San Francisco 49ers quarterback is well-versed in the art of making bold, evocative statements about the realities of inequality in the United States. His latest statement, a new documentary he's executive produced for Hulu, takes an aim at familiar familiar target, state-sanctioned violence, police, and corruption. The project is set in Bakersfield, California, and includes another high-profile foe and new House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Um, Killing County as the in quote is the name of it set to debut February 3rd highlights in the 2013 police of shooting George Ramirez, um, George Ramirez jr. In Bakersfield, um, which is part of McCarthy's district. Ramirez was shot and killed by Bakersfield police. The shooting was part of botched police informant operation, but the details remain unclear. Uh, the city reported late reached settlement with the Ramirez family, um, for 400,000, but no official has been, Push for Ramirez's death. The filmmakers investigate what they say is the raft of police violence, in particular gun violence, that's turned Bakersfield, the surrounding city, surrounding Kern County, in one of the nation's most violent regions over the last decade. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I know George Ramirez. I could be wrong. Um, there was a guy I used to go to the gym with that got shot by the police, mm-hmm. and I think his name was either Jorge or George. There was two cases, but with his, the guy that I know. Um, I gotta look it up. I gotta look him up because I don't want to be talking out of my ass. But he was a really cool guy, the mm-hmm. one that I knew. Mm-hmm. He was actually really overweight and he lost a gang of weight, and I was mm-hmm. so proud of him. Mm-hmm. He probably was like almost four hundred pounds, and he got down to like two hundred and thirty-five. Damn, that's really he good. fucking he was kicking ass. And then later on, I seen he had some altercation or something on the news with the police, and uh, they ended up shooting him and killing him. I think it was off of uh, Highway 178 or near it. They had shot him. And I don't know if it's the same I met, guy. I met, I, it might be a different person because the person that that I know of that got shot off of 178, it was over there by, uh, I think it was off of Mount Vernon. Okay. Um, that exit over there. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I knew that person and he wasn't like, he was never that. Like never big. like big like that, but it might you know it might have been different occasions or it might I might be wrong because I just remember there was a guy around my age that got shot some years back and I met him in some capacity maybe like going to like p- parties or something like that. But there's yeah, there's been a lot of situations. There was another guy, uh, some rapper. Um, he was like a street rapper that uh, he was he I think he stole an off duty cop shot him. Um, and this stuff, it just happens, you know, pretty frequently. But I think what I what I seen from the document the documentary, it's it's interesting one because Colin Kaepernick created, um, you know, he, he like um, him and I think Ava DuVernay, I believe they created that show, uh, the the show that he had on Netflix, the the narrative show, um, and it mentioned Bakersfield in there, mm-hmm. and there was a you know a distinctive like way that they represented Bakersfield as kind of a, a, a place where they looked at Colin Kaepernick as kind of like, you know, the white people looking at Colin Kaepernick as a certain kind of way. And it's just interesting that that probably stuck in his mind well enough to like want to develop more story about Bakersfield and Kern County. And to me, it's like, 
the the reason I was mentioning earlier, like why like why is it getting political in terms of like bringing Kevin McCarthy in there, McCarthy in 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 the situation and stuff like that, is because from what I got from the trailer, it's just about um, um, law enforcement in in Bakersfield and Kern County. So I don't I don't understand like why um, they were bringing Kevin McCarthy into it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I it's just a it's a political angle. I think that. People tend to grab the police on things that seem that seem to be anything more right leaning. They're going to mm-hmm. bring the police in, yeah. Because more right leaning people tend to to support the police. Yeah, than, I, I, yeah, I, I guess I understand. But it still doesn't. It just doesn't really matter to loop that all in. Mm-hmm. I yeah. get it. I get exactly what you mean. I'm looking for it right now. The guy that I I feel horrible that I don't remember his name exactly, but I'm looking. It's what I found is very hard to find older articles. Mm-hmm. Um. They have like a database on there, but sometimes it's hard to find. Uh, let's see what his name is. Officer Speed before shooting. Romero. Hold on. Already paid vacation. James. James Villegas. That's what his name was. James had lost. James, uh, there was two different shootings. But James James Villegas was like almost 400 pounds. He lost a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. And he was a really cool guy, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I can't speak for his whole life, but what I can say is when I met him over at, back then it was body exchange. Mm-hmm. And I was going to body exchange, working out real hard. He was always really just really encouraging, really decent dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I seen that he got shot by the police, I was like, what the fuck? How? Yeah. You know, you see shit like that, like out of all the people. And uh, and James was shot in. Let's see here, Rick Wimbish, uh, paid administrator. James Viegas, he was only twenty two at that time mm-hmm. in twenty fourteen. Dang, young. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, what the I don't know what the age range between you and him is at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it? Yeah, I mean, we might be roughly around the same age. Yeah, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking kid. Really good, mm-hmm. really good kid too, mm-hmm. man. But yeah, rest in peace to James Viegas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I guess uh, Colin Kaepernick is making the documentary. I, there's not a whole lot to say at this time, uh, besides you know, Calif- this leading Californian and uh, shooting deaths. And it's not just yeah. California; it's, it's deeper than that, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know exactly where we stack up, but it's definitely like that. You know, because. They were they you know Gavin Newsom came out and which is ironic that Gavin Newsom would come out and say like you know Kern County is the the murder capital of California but not mentioning at all the the deaths you know by by way of you know police officers and sheriffs and stuff mm-hmm. but what the, it's so interesting to me is that like the documentaries like this like this generally like shift shift the culture a little bit because it sheds light on situations that have been kind of swept under the rug, you know, it's, and and they're doing it like the conversations that Eddie and I may have, like just being from Bakersfield or just knowing, you know, certain people are being tied to certain situations or the conversations that we might have sprinkled throughout this, 
um, podcast. Right, right, right. It's just all in one place. Yeah. Like the same, they talk about it in the in the trailer. It's like the same people, the Kevin Costner movie with McFarlane and they, the, 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 the boys out there that ran and they won the um Yeah, that the dude was a corrupt country. police officer. Yeah. For, fast forward <laughs> however many years later, he was a, you know, a corrupt police officer and they got it and he got a slap on the wrist. So mm. these are the, com, you know, the, the, the type of, uh, you know, stories of, they're bringing to the forefront. <clears throat> and, you know, oh, yeah. I think I think above all, like, you know, obviously I'm a fan of Colin Kaepernick being, a you know, drafted by the 49ers and stuff like that and led us to a Super Bowl, not a Super Bowl win, but led us to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just like his his transition, you know, going into this this media space, um, going into this content space and really uh, bringing some of these stories to the forefront, especially being from California. Um, and, you know, shedding light on stories that, you know, really resonate with me. So I think that that's like that's a dope thing. And I'm I'm, I'm curious to see because it, it may be stuff in here that I don't really know. You know, obviously we're from Bakersfield, but there's you know, there may be some stories that I don't know that that they may there's talk like a about ba- in the documentary. There's like a Bakersfield News uh, reporter that's that's on the documentary. Mm-hmm. Their name is something Harrington. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she I don't know. If she still does news here, but mm-hmm. she's on the documentary. Mm hmm. Like I guess she's doing some talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's smoking hot. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really help the conversation. But, all right, she's beautiful. All right, yeah, let's move on. Um, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> but uh, at the end, this is where this is the problem that I have with with articles written by people is they allow their personal emotions and feelings to, you know, dictate how they write about stuff. I think we need to start writing things from a more objective stance. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're right or left, but this is what it says too. I don't like this narrative, but it says, and this is the first time someone has noted the violence in McCarthy's district. In recent years, as McCarthy and fellow Republicans have tried to portray Democrat-led cities as overrun with crime, journalists have pointed out the violence exploding in McCarthy's own backyard. Killing County may be the wor- most vivid reminder yet. And there's there's literal, there's there's some v- a validity to that statement, though, because mm-hmm. a lot of right-wing people will say, like, look at how these Democrat-led cities are running, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, that, like, that, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that because it's like you're literally just pigeonholing, like, or generalizing all of these. The blue cities, look at all the blue cities, and look at, you act like all these red cities and blue cities or whatever you call them, like, they don't have their own problems. Yeah. Like yeah. some of these fucking yeah. red, these red cities are fucking sundown towns. Mm. You know I, I think Bakersfield <laughs> is a red city. Yeah, Bakersfield is a red city. Mm-hmm. It's it's the most, it's a very, it's a conservative hub. So mm-hmm. out of all of California, Bakersfield, California is a, it's a conservative hub. And that's mainly more because of our industry out here. We're big yeah. oil um, uh, and ag. So yeah. oil, oil and agriculture and, and you know, most, a lot of shit that goes all over this country, like yeah. all of it, it comes from Bakersfield, especially like the vegetables and shit like that. Yeah, for like sure. It comes from out here in, in, mm-hmm. in Kern County. So Kern County, yeah. You know, Arvin, Arvin, Arvin. Stretch out to Arvin and oh, Shafter yeah. and stuff like that. All of that, man. Mm-hmm. All of that out there. Wasco, yeah. Delano, Shafter, all of that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's all us out here, just in mm-hmm. Kern County in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think the cool, the thing that is, is like inspiring for me is like I was saying before, like him transitioning into more of this content space, you know, and, and his football career is probably over now. Yeah, it's um, and you know, just being able to create like really good content, like you yeah. know, create uh, conversations around the content that he's creating. Yeah. And I think 
it was cool too because like the the stories that I want to tell about Bakersfield, you know, through cinema and film and stuff like that is like it's kind of like uh opening the the gates a little bit in terms of like oh like this is these are the things that are happening in Bakersfield like what, you know, like what's what else is out there, you know. We have like and I think what it does, you know, this is kind of a uh an uh, more eye-opening thing in terms of like the corruptness but I think just in general, like it, I think it will, it gives a space like people may just be more curious about Bakersfield. So me as a film, you know, a screenwriter, filmmaker, director, they may be more interested in the stories that I tell. And then even with our podcast, like people would be like, yo, I wonder, like, you know how it is. Like when you, when you watch a really good documentary or something like that, or a really good biopic, you just Google for like 30 minutes after you finish. Like, damn, yeah. what about this? What about this? And then, and then the Trucker's Mind podcast comes up. And then the comes Trucker's up. Mind podcast pops up. You jump from a, a Kaepernick to Trucker's Mind podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be dope if he was out here for some type of media or something. Like, I'm looking for a podcast to talk to two guys on. But he, he'll never do that. He never talks to anybody. You just never know. You never know. You yeah. never know. We could have used that nigga today in that Niner game. God damn. Yeah, man. We had the worst fucking backup in the league. Josh Johnson sucked. Josh Fuck. Josh Johnson, you. God. Man. That was embarrassing. That was man. very disappointing. I would say Very like that. disappointing. Brock Purdy is, that's our guy, man. Mm. I love Brock, man. I think out of, out of, and I'm just going to say it, with Brock Purdy, man, out of all the 49ers I've ever seen in 49er history, I've never seen a player with more guts besides. Ronnie Lott and like a Chris Borland. So what what are you like what are you basing it off? Just like him. Just 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 the grit and just yeah. the amount of tenacity that it the to, to overcome. Like mm-hmm. think about it. Like Ronnie Lott cut off a piece of his finger to play in the fucking game. Yeah. And then you got a guy like Chris Borland who was not even getting any playing time and he was decent in college, but when Patrick Willis and Bowman went down. He was asked to do a lot. He was just as good. And he was just as good. No. And and he was statistically the best linebacker in the league for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So he stepped in and he was just shutting shit down, man. So when I look at these performances and stuff, I'm like, man, a guy like Chris Boylan sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronnie Lott sticks out to me. And then Brock Purdy. Like, they mm-hmm. got to be the toughest Niners I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Those three guys. Yeah. You know, of course, there's other players that are tough, but I'm talking about just like overcoming the odds of yeah being the last pick in the draft. Yeah, you yeah. go from being the last trick and it, like Brock Purdy was so effective that it literally took Brock Purdy to be injured to not win this game. The only reason why the Eagles won is because Brock Purdy wasn't there. If Brock Purdy was there, we would have easily been going to Super Bowl. Like that's just yeah. my I, you can't tell me otherwise. You cannot you cannot tell me that we would not be going to Super Bowl. Against the fucking Chiefs. And we would have had a shot to beat anybody on the other side of that, whether oh, it was yeah. going to be the Bengals or the Chiefs. We would have smoked the Chiefs, only because mm-hmm. they blew us out this year. Mm-hmm. So when you lose to a team, you get a lot That's of money. We had a new a new quarterback back there, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't have, last time we had Jimmy, sorry ass. Now we got Brock. Yeah. I think that moving forward, it's, it's going to be tough um, because Trey Lance is obviously, they, they bet the house on Trey Lance. Yeah, I hate that. Um, but I think, I think, uh, this off season is going to be interesting because everybody is injured, you know? So going back into, you know, the, the beginning of next season, we just have to see 
one, who's going to be healthy by the time the season mm-hmm. comes around. And then, you know, just how – see how the offseason goes. I think if Brock Purdy won the Super Bowl and he finished out the season he's healthy. Yeah, he's number one. You know, it, it, it just is a no-brainer. But now that he's, you know, he's injured, it, it kind of brings – the conversation back in, they're probably going to split reps to start, you know, the, the offseason. So. I hate it. In my opinion, man, I feel like Brock has done so much mm-hmm. to start. I don't want to bore the listeners because they probably don't give a fuck about the Niners. But I, We're <laughs> Niner fans, though, so. It's yeah, like, we're Niner fans. It's a part of our identity. But yeah. You know, some of you guys probably might like the Raiders or some shit. And yeah, I, it's for, and I, people like sports. Some of you guys might like the Raiders, and I, and I know you beat your wife, but, like, it's not. That it's is not crazy. Not, <laughs> <laughs> Dallas Cowboy fans the most emotional motherfuckers ever. Like, my thing is, is Niner fans will lose, and we'll just be a little bit upset. But Dallas fans will break their own TVs. <laughs> They'll burn their jerseys and shit. Mm-hmm. Raider fans just go back to beating their wife. And then it's just, it's unfortunate that you guys go that far, right? Yeah. You know, I got my Niner hat on. I'm just, you know, mourning while doing a podcast. Okay. Yeah, it's regular. This is regular over mm-hmm. here. And che- also, check on your Niner fans, man. Like, yes, your friends and families, check yeah. on them, you know, tonight. Just give them a, uh, a text to see if they sober or not. Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you, you hit him up and he FaceTime you and he got a beer in his hand. You know, <laughs> you know shit's tough over there. It's rough. I think I think the from talking to Niner fans today, most of us were we were like like what could we do kind of situation. It mm-hmm. wasn't like it wasn't like we lost with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing an interception. It was like, right. you know, we just like we didn't have a quarterback Mm-mm. at the end of the game. Mm-mm. So yeah, yeah, we lost because we had a shit. We had we didn't have a fucking quarterback at all. But mm-hmm. with Jimmy, man, you just knew what to expect. You knew he was gonna self destruct. Mm-hmm. The dumbest thing we could do as a franchise is bring all three back. We gotta have Purdy. Jimmy gotta go. Jimmy needs to go. And and that, and Purdy is so good that Jimmy has been eliminated. Like that's how good he is. Yeah, they touch Tr- him out. That he gotta go. Please mm-hmm. send him somewhere else. If somebody else is dumb enough to start Jimmy Garoppolo, more power to him. Yeah. Okay. But you cannot come back here, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I come back he's here. getting a lot of money too. Oh, he getting too much money, too mm-hmm. much money to be that mediocre. See, Brock Purdy proved how sorry Jimmy was just by how good he played. <laughs> just yeah. by just by Purdy showing up every week proved how sorry Jimmy was. Yeah. So Jimmy, you got to get the fuck on. Purdy is a rookie, bro. I know he's a rookie. He's only going to get better. I really hope that, like, like I really hope that. I don't know what somebody is willing to give up for Trey if we could do something. But I'm I'm literally so sold on Brock Purdy that I'd rather like I'll, I'll You can't you can't get rid of Trey. You like, can't get rid of him. There's too many injured quarterbacks. Everybody getting injured. But I don't think Trey trying to be a backup. So you know. He don't got no choice. But <laughs> <laughs> you stand on this team. He's all he's young. He's young. Yeah. Think, you know. He he probably wants to start eventually. I'm sure he does, but Yeah. You know, some young guys. Yeah. We'll I think um what was I gonna say? Oh, there was a, a video I seen of Nick Saban. Um, Nick, Sa- Nick Saban had, uh, I think they were scouting Brock Purdy when he was in high school or something like that. Oh, he said he's too short, too little, too, arm too, too short, weak. Your arm is weak, uh, the whole nine. Yeah, yeah. he said he's too small, your arm is too weak, and all of that. Yeah. That, and it's just it's crazy. That's why I wanted Purdy to win so bad because he's the guy that we pull for, man. Yeah, he's the, the underdog. Guy. He, it's not just the underdog. He's the underdog because we're so shallow. Mm-hmm. Like we're so shallow as human beings that he's not this tall six foot five quarterback that's super fast with a huge arm, but he gets the job done. But the, that's true. But that this is what he's doing in the NFL is like so far removed. 
like I'll say it like this, like the reason he didn't get drafted was not all because of the measurables. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of it was because some people were saying like he he may get a little bit rattled if he if they blitz him and you know, mm-hmm. so the certain certain things that were like not his physical traits, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But that's part of it too. A lot of it yeah. was like the arm strength and the height and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah, the truth about it too though too is sometimes uh certain schemes can coach you into limitations. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times if you're not coach if you're not scheming up a player to his strengths, how the fuck can he even look better? And then he went to the NFL and got better. Yeah, he did get better. So you went to the league and and people say, you know, you went last because of this, that, and the third, and they make that legit. But a lot of times the schemes and the way coaches coach you up, that could definitely make you look different. I've seen players who didn't see this they wouldn't see the light of day. And they get a whole new coaching a whole new coaching staff and turn this motherfucker into a whole new player. Yeah. I've seen that happen quite some time. You got to coach the player's strengths. You might have a guy that's on the uh, – I'm not going to keep going on, but you might have a guy that's on the bench and, you know, he really can't shoot very good. You know, he's he's not – you know, he, he's not – he doesn't dribble act great, but this motherfucker could rebound like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But you got him on the bench. Yeah. And you put him at the you put him at the five and you start him and he getting you twenty six rebounds, thirty one rebounds. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He might have five points, six points, three points, but he got thirty eight rebounds. Why is he on the bench? I think above you know? all what we realize is it's it's a it's a guessing game. Yeah. When you drafting you drafting a, a Trey Lance, you don't know. You don't know yeah. if it's, it's going to pan out. You know, this is a D Division One. He's a football championship series quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, you just don't you don't know if these guys are going to be that good. P- Patrick Mahomes was like what the number fifteenth pick or something like that. Something like that out of yeah. Texas Tech. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you know, if 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 they if they could do it all over again, they would obviously draft him number one. But mm-hmm. you just don't you just don't know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, switching gears. Um, unfortunate, unfortunate story. Um, Memphis police killing Tyree Nichols. That is a absolute terrible story. And I will get into that. I think a lot of people now, by now, know about this story. Video shows police kicking pepper spraying, beating Tyree Nichols after traffic stop. Officers tased, pepper sprayed, and brutally beat 29-year-old Tyree Nichols during a January 7th traffic stop, according to a footage uh, released by City of Memphis Friday. The footage in which from a sky cop camera and the officer's body cameras is split into four videos police can be heard yelling at Nichols to get out of the car and forcibly removing him from the car the video has been described by law enforcement and attorney Nichols family as absolutely appalling alarming and unconscionable Um, the video also shows officers kicking Nichols at least twice in the face striking him at least three or four times with a baton in the upper body area, punching him at least four times in the face, punching him in at least two times, more times in the upper body area, and kicking him at least twice in the abdomen. Uh, Tyree Nichols' death. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. The first video uh, is from an officer's body camera and lasts about 11 minutes. It shows officers putting pulling Nichols out of the car at Reigns and Ross Roads as he yells, I didn't do anything. Get the, on the fucking ground. And officer yells, I'm going to tase your ass on the ground. On the ground, Nichols yells. Um, an officer also will be heard saying words break words break your shit. What? You guys are really doing a lot now, Nichols says. I'm not I'm just trying to go home. Dang. This okay, look here. 
this is this is why this is important for us to bring this up. Not only as podcasters and people who create content, but as two black men, I think we need to talk about this. I think that what's going on is a lot of, and I got to call my people out that look like me. There are six black officers involved in this. There's not one white officer, right? The, what's happening now is we're being forced to deal with the with the with the with the question or the the situation of policing. I think mm-hmm. that the, when the narrative is white officers beating on a unarmed black man, everyone is real quick, right? They're, everyone's real quick to the punch, you know? But what I've done once I've seen this story is I went to all of the black talking heads that usually have something to say about police brutality. I went to Angela Rye's page, didn't see nothing. I went to Jamel Hill's page, didn't see nothing. I went to Charlemagne God's page, I didn't see nothing. I went to Van Lathan's page, I didn't see nothing. I went to all these people's pages, I didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then when I did see people talking about it, they didn't give it the same energy as if it was a white officer beating on black people. Mm-hmm. Right? My issue is policing as a whole. Do I think there was some type of racial undertones or racial issues when it came to some of these white officers beating black people? That's definitely a factor. Mm -hmm. Not always. Sometimes you could be a dick or racist or you could be both of them. And you also have authority to do almost whatever you want with people, which you, you really shouldn't have the authority to do that. But that's what happens. What we just seen right now is six black men that happen to be police officers abusing their authority. Yeah. Like literally that is what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm here to say I don't care what they were, white, black or whatever. This is a this is not even honestly, I don't even think this is a policing issue. I don't. I think this is a people issue and here's why. It doesn't matter what the fuck they train you to do at that job. Your conditioning happens before you even put that uniform on. If you're 28 years old, you got 28 years of conditioning outside of that police job. Whatever you do is going to influence how you do your job. If you're liberal, that's going to affect your job in some way. If you're conservative, that's going to affect your job some way. Should it? No, it shouldn't, but it does. If you don't like black people and you become a cop, you think that's going to stop? No. If you're a person that, that, that does not do well with having authority over people and you become a cop, do you think all of a sudden, hey, I got all this power now, now I'm going to be calm? That's not how it works. These motherfuckers get put under a bunch of tests. All you got to do is know how to lie. All you got to do is know how to lie. And when you become a police officer and you get out there, you, just gonna, you could just abuse your power and you're going to skate away free. I seen somebody say, yo, it's kind of obvious that, you know, these black officers all get charged with murder. But what about the other officers that got a paid administrative leave? Why why is that even a legitimate thing to say? Mm -hmm. I think we've got a big enough sample size of officers that got Scott got away scot free. But that shit ain't happening no more. It's officers, It's white officers getting arrested, too. Mm hmm. It's a lot of officers getting arrested for wrongdoing to innocent people. No, we get they getting thrown in prison. They're getting thrown in prison now. Mm-hmm. But you, if you there's enough sample size now, is what I'm saying, mm-hmm. for that to be taking place. So these officers that happen to be black, they are now a part of this new um outlook on policing when it comes to committing a motherfucking crime. Mm-hmm. Cause you go back to Rodney King, all those officers that beat Rodney King's ass. They all got acquitted. They had no business being acquitted. Yeah, that, that was one of the big. Like that, that was one of the biggest travesties in judicial history. All those officers were asked, 
Was he a threat right here in this position? No, no, he wasn't. Was he a threat right here in this position? No, no, he wasn't. Did you strike him with a baton? Yes. And they all let him go. That was that was literal racism at its finest. That judge was a racist piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And she knew what the fuck she was doing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was there was another there was another case where there was an Asian woman that shot a black girl in her store. You seen that one? Yeah. Uh, dang, I, for, I just, yeah. They let her off scot-free. The girl, um, she had the money in her hand and she put the orange yeah. juice in her in her bag. A mm-hmm. Korean woman. Yeah. yeah, and she just shot her. Mm-hmm. And they, she let her off scot-free. Yeah. So you got to realize that, you know, there was a lot of. Um, let me look the name up while you talk. Okay. Yeah. Especially in the 90s, man. The policing was absolutely terrible. It was terrible because police knew they could do whatever they wanted and there was no phones, there was no cameras on them. But there's a lot of officers getting busted, right? But two things are very true. I think that sometimes people get stopped by the police and make that shit more difficult than what it is. Mm-hmm. Like if a cop pull you over and let's say you was going a little bit over the speed limit, don't be like, man, what the fuck you put me over for, man? This is bullshit. It's like, yeah. nigga, you was going 70 and a 40. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also It's also true that we have to be cognizant of where we can go wrong as civilians when the cops pull us over but it does not give a cop the right to get aggressive with you and say get out the fucking car motherfucker and put your hands on your back and it's like bro you guys have a you don't know how to deal with conflict resolution Mm -hmm. you just rather pull me out the car and intimidate me and beat me (laughs) as a way of you feeling safe and that ain't that's not good yeah it was uh, Latasha Harlan. Latasha Harlan is the girl that the young black girl that died. Yeah, man, she's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, it's it's. Um, I think that to me, it I, I would lean more towards a uh, a systematic thing. It is a, it is a people thing, but I, I think that yeah, um, character flaw without authority is just like a door, like it's dormant. Right, right. right. There's a racist person sitting in. Uh, freaking Oildale right now that don't got no authority or capacity right. to really make something happen, right? Mm-hmm. But that same person with a badge on or that same person with um, some authority in the judicial system can really yeah, like hurt people, cause cause damage to, to, to a, a certain culture. So, um, but, you know, I think that, like, it's the thing that... Um, um, at least that I try to articulate. I never looked at it. I think there is an element of racism, but I think that we've, as black people, have known that it's it was always a blue a blue thing, and not necessarily like a white supremacy thing. Because even I was telling Eddie this earlier. I just watched Boys in the Hood the other day. Even in Boys in the Hood, like. And, you know, obviously when you're creating a film, like everything, every element in the movie is very specific. Mm-hmm. The cop that pulls uh, Trey over is a black cop, you know, and he's being, I mean, he, he's like being disrespectful. Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. a gang member, you from Crenshaw Mafia, you from Rolling 60s. You wanted to roll in 60s, niggas, huh? Yeah, yeah. And just like violating him, you know what I mean? But that's a black, that's a black cop. It's not mm-hmm. like a white cop doing that. So, you know, that ever since the 90s mm-hmm. you know i think that you know and even with nwa is f the police it's not f white police it's just f the police in general so it's just um i think that there is a there is a 
there needs to be I don't know what the solution is. I'm not gonna act like I like I know what will, you know, make a big difference in, in, in the way that uh the police operate. But whatever is going on, it just is, just just doesn't work. These mm. like I in what capacity, like outside of doing your job, like from human to human, like in what capacity do we think it's okay to like like jump somebody that's like that's like real gang stuff <laughs> like you know what i mean like that's stuff that would happen at bill park out here in bakersfield where you know some kids is like from a certain section and another kid from a certain section just jump on five kids jump on a kid and then you know run home or something like that that's not that's not something that you would think um what the the way that uh the definition of you know what the the police are, are supposed to do protect and serve that's just not i don't think that's anywhere in a bylaws to like jump jump a person that's unarmed and uh running away from you in that capacity no. i just don't get it you want the god's honest truth this sounds very pessimistic there is no resolution to policing none here's why you know that when you go to a restaurant right and you let's say you go to fat uh you go to starbucks or something or let's say you go to a burger restaurant, whatever, and you go and you order something and the cashier's being really rude to you, right? Just being disrespectful for no reason. And then you kind of return the energy like, hey, man, why are you doing this? And they're like, well, you're going to get it or not? Imagine that individual, but with a fucking badge on. No different. It is the same difference. There are going to be vile, stupid, ignorant, angry people at every police station, and there's nothing you could do about it. You cannot vet people. People are going to infiltrate every single job. There is no resolution to policing. There is going to be more shootings. There are going to be more deaths. There's going to be more people getting their ass whooped. There's going to be more cops killing people. That's just the reality. That's the way of the world. There is no resolution. We could sit here and make $8 million Trillion documentaries, they're all going to be the same thing to the end of time because as long as there are people in this world that will take on an occupation that they are not mature enough for, people will be hurt as a result of it. There are truck drivers who have CDLs that are reckless and are going to kill people. There are uh, cooks that work in restaurants that are going to undercook something and give somebody food poisoning or diabetic shock. There are nurses with fake fucking... Uh, credentials that are going to kill somebody with malpractice there is no resolution to human behavior and that is the final answer that is what we're up against now the pessimistic is like if we all stick together someday we could come together and we could stop but truth be told never will happen that is just the reality of the world that's just my take i got it <laughs> I mean, I, I would never. I I can't even like fathom that. Like, I would never articulate that. Um, I would never say that out loud just because I don't. I just don't want to believe that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I just you know, it's just. I think you know what Tyree Nichols, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just you know, I feel so sad for him. I feel so bad for him just to, like, it just it's crazy how all, all these situations are generally just routine traffic stops yeah you know and it ends up you being abused in that in that way it's just it's so sad and it's so shocking to see because you know normally you'll see do you hear that yeah what is that is that rain is that my mic is that rain i don't know what that is it sounds like you hear that 
Is, my mic's not going out, is it? It's like a mic check. My, I'm still good. I'm still in here. No, it, yeah, it's it's, but it's just like a kind of like it what, just what? sounds like. Is that your beard doing that? No, my beard is <laughs> not making noises. <laughs> you hear my beard growing? Man, these niggas, these mics is good. Yeah, I was like, dang. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I think with that situation, the thing, me just uh, skimming through social media mm-hmm. and seeing five black cops and then, you know, this, six, this young, I, I seen five, it's five, but yeah. And, um, and then seeing, you know, Tyree Nichols on there, it's just like, it was so shocking. Like what? Like this is, you know, it, it would, it would, um, and not to normalize it happening, you know, from, from white to black or something like that, but it just, it was just so shocking to see, like you know, that well, five black men. But, but here, it shouldn't be shocking though, right? Because the issue is supposed to be policing, right? So if the issue is supposed to be policing, then it should have never been a shock that if it's white or black. That's, I mean, if that's how we're looking, you know, especially people who are very pro police that say, "Hey, you know, it's not a black or white thing. It's never been a black or white thing, mm-hmm. right?" Um, but when we see a, a large sample size of black unarmed people being shot by white police officers. And we see this shit enough. We're like, hey, what the fuck? And then now you see all black men that are beating an unarmed black man. And it really forces people to look at this narrative and say, oh, this is a real narrative, too. My only issue is because I'm I'm just speaking out loud on the podcast. I did not see enough energy from the talking heads that normally speak on these issues. I didn't see the same energy from Van Lathan. I didn't see the same energy from Charlemagne. I didn't see the same energy from Angela Rye. I didn't see the same energy from Jamel Hill. I yeah. didn't see the same energy from Trader Truth. Trader Truth just posted something. And, and the reason why I said this is I made sure I did my homework and looked at them because when normally when it's an officer, when it's Botham Jean and, you know, Botham Jean sitting on his couch eating ice cream and a white female officer busts in the room and kills him, everybody's talking about that, as they should. But now five officers kill an unarmed black man and i'm not seeing the same energy here mm-hmm. i'm not seeing it yeah so it's like if the issue is policing let's let it be that i think the thing the thing for me and i that's why i never want to get caught up in like um always being at the forefront of like these civil rights thank issues. you me neither just because you you can't you can't win because no. like um, even you know when J Cole and and No Name they had that back and forth yeah. situation they were getting on J Cole because stuff was happening and he wasn't saying nothing or Kendrick Lamar yeah. like why where are you at Kendrick we need a new song from you about whatever's it's going like, on in what? the world but it's just like when you get caught up in that that world like you you always uh, people are going to expect you to mm-hmm. always say something or what, expect what you just to, to keep the same energy. Um, I mean, I I never knew her prior to yeah. that thing with J Cole, so um, you know, it's just like when beef dies out, it just you know. She was like, like really attacking really him, like you, you ain't never got nothing to say about LGBT or you ain't got nothing to say about this, and it's like, man, how how can you tell me what to talk about? Yeah, that's like, wild. If if like that's somebody get on this pop podcast talking about why why do you not talk about civil rights and why don't you talk about this and that, and it's like if that's what you feel empowered to do. You can get two microphones or one and some acoustic panels, um, and you could talk <laughs> about it. You could talk about it yourself on your yeah. own platform, mm-hmm. but you can't tell people what they should fucking rap or talk about. That is ridiculous. Yeah, that 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 bothers me. Like yeah. across the board, like that's I never understood when people will they'll be like, um, 
man, like Warren Buffett ain't d- did nothing with his money. He got all this money. LeBron James ain't did nothing with his money. This dude yeah, is a yeah. billionaire. He ain't donating to blah, blah, blah. And that'd be the same person that, you know, they use all their extra money to go buy a hamburger from McDonald's instead of donating it to hmm. a, a, a organization that can help kids. So, but because what happens is there is like Martin Luther King, for instance, I don't know what his financial state looked like. But I would imagine he was going to be a civil rights leader, whether he was a millionaire or whether he had a minimum wage job. Yeah. And he didn't. I, I don't imagine, you know, he probably wanted to put on certain events that required money and stuff like that. But he didn't let he didn't let not having finances or whatever affect him or stop him from really affecting change in the world. But it's those same people that be sitting on Twitter with the Twitter thumbs like, why ain't such and such donating this amount of money. I don't take people seriously when they're when they have repetitive Twitter, like repetitive Twitter feeds of these really like um, they're like social rights activists, like they're like civil rights social activists, media. social media activist mm-hmm. people. Like all you need to do is real reallocate these funds here and go here. How about you shut the fuck up, motherfucker? How yeah. about you shut up? Yeah. How about you get off your phone and find a way to actively do something, and then it'll, and then it'll, I'll actually care. Yeah. Like if all you do is own there, like it's almost, it's imagine somebody is just all they do is consume content, and they're crucial of everything they consume, mm-hmm. and you don't create no content. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't create any content yourself, how can you be so critical of everyone else's content? Yeah. Like what do you create? Your content is based off of what you don't like from somebody else. That's crazy. Ain't that crazy? Yeah, it's like, nigga, what the fuck? You're just a critic. That's like the movie critic or the, the Rotten Tomato guy. It's like, That's okay. just going and saying every movie is bad, Your but job, ain't never created no movie. What, my, my, this is my question. This is what my question would be. What what metric have you determined that's good or bad? Like, what what do you, what do what type of scales do you use to determine what's, what's bad or good or entertaining or not entertaining or what I should speak about? Mm-hmm. Like, what have you seen in my life that makes you feel that... Eddie and Keith should be talking more about civil rights and and Eddie is a coon and he's not speaking about this or that. I'll be mm-hmm. like, hey, you know what? Yeah, cool. I'll be your coon. Cool. Mm-hmm. You could feel however you want about me, but let me see your content so I could go and look and see what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like it's it's wild. I had some dude approach me one day. He said, man, you and uh, you and your co-host, man, you should talk more about like, you know, you know, the, 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 the you know, the African-American community and, you know, civil rights and this. And I'm thinking like, nigga, I ain't talking about that. Nigga, I am African-American. Yeah, like like a, I am the African-American community. Yeah, that, so anything <laughs> I talk about is about the African-American yeah, I've been community. A, I've been a black man all my life. And not to mention, we don't we don't base this podcast around anything specific. Yeah. Like it's not based in black, pro, like black culture yeah. issues. Like we talk we talk about these things. But we don't base it in liberalism or conservative. Like, yeah, we don't base it in none of but that. The, but the people that people that don't realize, like the black um, speaking about like the black experience is just two people that are black speaking. Like that's what it is. It's <laughs> our point of view as being black people is the black experience, right? You know what I mean. So it doesn't require us always talking about something negative about yeah. you know civil rights and stuff like right. that. Right. And the thing too is people 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 will be like, why does it matter that you're black? Like you can't just have a conversation. Well unfortunately, we all may live in America and I guess we are American. However, we're not the same, mm-hmm. brother. Because since America's infancy, we didn't start off the same. Unlike some of you guys that may not be black, 
me and Keith don't even own our names. Our mm-hmm. names are given to us by, by our slave masters. Mm-hmm. My name is not McGee. That's not a real African name. Mm-hmm. We have fake names, me and Keith. Yeah. Like these are not, if you understood the historical context behind what I just said, you would get what that means. Yeah. So we have a different reality. Like mm-hmm. our reality is a lot different than yours. Mm-hmm. All the way down from that, trickling down from, you know, once slavery was over and then the sharecropping, which really wasn't sharecropping, it was just like another form of slavery. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you got fucking Jim Crow laws and then you got, you know, uh, freaking the black soldiers fighting in every war, not being able to use the GI Bill and then red mm-hmm. redlining and segregation. Like, we're not the same, sir. Mm-hmm. We've only been like regular people that with, without being oppressed people for like 40 years, literally. Mm-hmm. Like my my father who just passed grew up segregated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My grandpa who passed away in 2020 he lived a completely different reality than I did as a 37-year-old man. When my grandpa was 37, shit was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm shit, shit was fucked up. Yeah. So, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. We, we appreciate some people that might say, like, race doesn't matter to me. I don't see color. Well, you keep on not seeing color, okay? Mm-hmm. I think that you, I think you might be a good person, but you should start seeing color. And what I mean by that is you should start taking interest in other people's cultures and actually digging into their culture to understand why they have the outlook that they have. Yeah. Instead of just trying to say, well, you're American like everyone else, how about you do your due diligence in looking in that person's background before you just keep doing that? Yeah. And I don't know if anybody has ever been excited to be colorblind. You know? Right. Yeah. I know two people that are colorblind and they just be like, can somebody tell me what color this is? This is, this is not a fun. It's, no, not, no. it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so mad. I'd be like, man, y'all didn't put cheese on my taco again, man. I didn't put it first the cheese, man. Damn. Yeah. It'd be, it's, it's interesting too, like playing sports with people that are colorblind. It's like, it's red forty seven, red forty seven. Nigga, like, not the vi- not the verbal words they can I know, hear. Red. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they not color deaf. <laughs> Imagine if he was color deaf. <laughs> It'd be like what? forty seven, forty seven. <laughs> red or blue? What is it, man? Color deaf. <laughs> like, don't line up in the slot, motherfucker. Get over here. Oh, that's hilarious. But no, like, you know, some people can't see, like, blues or reds. So, like, mm-hmm. we'll be playing, uh, like, Centennial or something. And they'd be mm-hmm. like, hey, uh, you know, who, what number is that? You know, because it'd be like, hey, guard number such and such. Or, like, you know, if this number blitzes, whatever the case may be. Or if you're on, uh, if you're on offense, it's like, you know, you got to call out the mic by number. You know, just different things like that. And they'd just be, like, confused. Imagine bit. if he was a colorblind gangster and you was a crip and you went into an all-blood neighborhood. <laughs> like, what's up, blood? What you doing over here, nigga? You disrespecting, nigga? <laughs> like, hey, man, it's not like that. It's like, all this Colors nigga just... Being colorblind is not an excuse. Nah, you pulling pack up. pack you out. That'd be crazy. Imagine you... Oh, no, no. Here you go. Here you go. Imagine you're a crip, but you colorblind, and mm-hmm. then you actually you walk around with a pink rag in your back pocket. <laughs> like, man, this nigga gay, man. <laughs> hey, what's going on, man? That's crazy. I'm telling you, in the future, it's going to be some gay gangs, bro. Yeah, I'm sure some out there already. I'm telling you, bro, it's going to be some gay gangs, bro. Mm-hmm. I know some gay dudes that can fight, bro. Got hands, huh? They got hands, bro. Yeah. 
I see. I, well, one dude I know of beat the hell out of somebody. Some mm-hmm. gay dude. He's like, I'm gonna tell you right now, nigga. I will beat your ass. <laughs> and he's like, nigga, you won't do shit. He was breathing while he's beating his ass. Like, he was really saying ass, 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 ass. I beat your ass, nigga, and I'll eat your ass. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, that'd be terrible. That is wild. You get beat up, you get knocked out, and you got a gay dude eating your booty when you wake up. <laughs> He'd be like, man, this nigga crazy, man. Oh. <laughs> that nigga beat my ass, but that kind of felt good. <laughs> it was like it was like a beautiful disaster. <laughs> it was a beautiful disaster. <laughs> last one and get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. all right switching gears let's close this thing out um it was a conspiracy theory recently uh regarding demar hamlin demar hamlin we all know from the buffalo bills who collapsed on the field of cardiac arrest and um he was you know they they, they hooked him up to the uh they resuscitated him basically uh gave him oxygen got into the hospital and whatnot mm-hmm. um and now he has recovered but there was a conspiracy because he came to the game he had a mask on his face and people saying like oh that's a body double that's not really him and then it made it to mainstream media mm-hmm. you know we're not we're not talking about tmz or any of these under under like you know uh uh journal journal like these under journalists or these like people. big corporations yeah these are big corporations and they they actually chimed in they had to fact check it, it says fact check Baseless conspiracy theory spreads about Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin. The claim DeMar Hamlin is dead. On January 23rd, Facebook post direct link uh, uh, archived um, president's conspiracy theory about uh, Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin that has circulated widely in recent days. DeMar Hamlin is dead, folks. Reads the post. The guy, yes, the guy yesterday was just a stage uh, that can't afford for this to come out. Because he died on national TV. Not because, not been funny, but he dropped dead like a fly, basically. This is so stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, the post accumulated over 70 shares in less than a week. A sim- similar claims have spread widely on Facebook, Twitter, and elsewhere, particularly among conspiracy theorists such as QAnon backers and far right radio hosts, uh, Stu Peters. Okay, look here, man. Let me be clear when I say this. This is just a symptom of when the internet goes wrong. And when somebody says something and people on the internet can't think for themselves, so they agree with it. Mm-hmm. People, just, like, people just will say things and some people say like, I can't believe y'all really believing that this man is still alive. And it's like, nigga, <laughs> he is alive, As a matter of fact, like they genuine, genuinely yeah. believe that. Like it's this like, thing bro. is, yeah, yeah. Bro, and then they, they literally asked Josh Allen, who is the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, they said, and the, the interviewer, um, asked him, he said, hey, man, uh, for some reason it's been getting around here, like literally, they're saying that that's not DeMar Hamlin. They're saying that it's a body double. And then and then um, Josh Allen was like, huh? He's like, like he literally was with us in the locker room before the game. Yeah. Like, th- like the people are stupid. Are you serious? Like people really feel this? Like they said this? He said, yes, they're saying that that's not DeMar Hamlin. That's what people are saying. Yeah, he's like God. People are idiots. That's just so stupid. Yeah. And then finally, Demar Hamlin did an interview, or not an interview, but he did like a video on YouTube. You know, saying he, what he was thankful for, and then people came off of it. 
but it's just sick. Mm-hmm. It's sick how the internet can infect the minds of people who don't not only don't do research, but they literally if if what is what does Charlemagne say? Um, if it bleeds, it leads. Oh, I, so, I never heard that one. Yeah, so he said that. So like, it's basically if it's something people feel is valuable, even though it's bullshit, mm-hmm. they're totally gonna buy into it. Yeah, yeah. I think that I don't know. It's just it's this is uh, what's that movie? Uh, Idiocracy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just kind of like when you hear these type of uh, things trending or these things going around, it just reminds me more and more of like how uh on point that that movie is right? right and i just think but what one of the things that i realized is like even talking to like i was talking to one of my friends one day and uh he's like a like he he will go down a conspiracy theory wormhole and he was just telling me like all these things like dude like you haven't heard about it like they just said on the news like all these politicians they're like having like these little boy childs in the back of their houses yeah like like, and it's just it's trending and no one's talking about it i'm like in my head i'm just like dog like one i don't care about this and two right it it probably that's just like these conspiracy theories that be trending on twitter and reddit and all these threads and stuff like that that has no real like yeah, there's no merit to it. It may it may or may not be true, but there's no factual evidence that that supports, you know, all these things that people are saying. So and but that's just like the world we live in. Like people are genuinely consuming this information and they 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 treat it as facts. And it's kind of it's kind of sad because um it's uh it's like the way people live their lives. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, the, like I'm sure like, you know, like my friend, he's talking, he's spreading this information to yeah. people and it's people that are bullshit, man. Yeah. And people that are naive enough to listen to him or believe him, they just going around and spreading it to more people. But here's the worst part. It don't stop at them saying like, I can't believe you didn't know this. Yeah. They've been, they've been literally having, uh, you know, sex slaves in their basements for like the last 10 years and no one talks about it, you know, and it's sick. <laughs> and, you know, here's some links right here. And it's all like, really biased links mm-hmm. it's all like some extreme like extremely right-wing alex jones shit the in the website the look trash right. with a bunch of ads popping up it's like man if you don't don't send me this bullshit and infect my fucking phone yeah i don't want to see this shit yeah that's true yeah, it's ridiculous yeah and it, 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 the far it's like the far left outlets be wild though the like the far right outlets that's like conspiratorial they'll be like um uh, the, the the lizard people living underneath the uh, Obama's house, mm-hmm. and then you'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" Mm-hmm. On the left, it'll be like, "Why more people should be gay?" <laughs> you'd be like, "Nigga, what the fuck is going on here?" The world would be a much better place if everybody was gay. You'd be like, "What's going like, on?" Oh, this is crazy. It be it, I think usually you see too like um, the attacks on certain people's family. Right, right, right. Like Joe Biden's son. Got nothing to do with Joe Biden, no. but somehow he keeps getting pulled into the fold. His drug problems and all these other things, and I'm just like, damn, leave, leave that man, son alone. He that nigga's a wild boy. Politics. Hey, he's a wild fucking boy yeah, though. He'd be on some, like, he'd be on some good drugs. He'd be too. like, that's right. Yeah, my dad's president. I smoke crack. I, I don't care. <laughs> he'd be like, damn. It was somebody. Somebody had a, uh, I forget where it was. Somebody had a daughter though. A white, like a white. Person. I don't know if there was a politician or actor or something, 
But they had a daughter that was like at an HBCU twerking. I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> I wish I remember who it was, but it was just because it, it was like there is like the the Chet Hanks of the world. Chet is cool, bro. Where it's like, ain't no way Tom Hanks is your dad. Like, yeah, that's, right. that, that don't make sense. <laughs> it's a couple of those like white kids out here that like move like that. Chet is fucking hilarious, man. Yeah. I would like literally like to talk to him because he's actually really smart. Really? Yeah, he's a really sharp guy. I haven't I haven't heard. heard yeah, him, I've heard him seen him in some interviews much. though. Chet mm-hmm. is Chet is really sharp, man. Mm-hmm. He's really sharp. Mm-hmm. He seemed like the type of dude that like you could like you'll be out and about somewhere and you'll just run into him. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, I'll be like, hey Chet, dude, I like I like what you got going on, man. We should talk sometime. Be like, yeah, it's cool, man. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. He seemed he's like the type on of the podcast. Yeah, he's, and he's like a really good conversation too. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised he's not like some big time actor or something. Yeah, he was he was in uh, Atlanta this um, the last season of Atlanta. Oh, I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. still haven't fucking. I love that show. I yeah. just haven't. I haven't had the capacity to just sit down and get back into shows. I missed you gotta it. Knock it out, man. Yeah, I do. Thirty I, minute episodes. How many seasons did I miss? I missed one it's or two. two. It's two more. It's the last two. You probably missed. Yeah, I gotta mm-hmm. watch those. Great show. My two mm-hmm. favorite shows were. Um, Atlanta and the Shy, the Shy, yeah, the Shy. I miss it with what's the name, Jason. Um, Jason it? Mitchell. Jason Mitchell was yeah. really good on there, and then he had to he sexually harass somebody. Mm-hmm. I was, <laughs> is he on anything now? Probably Tubi. <laughs> Those are some of the worst fucking movies ever, man. Tubi is really sponsoring the NFL too. I seen that. I'm like, how are you having terrible movies, but you sponsoring the NFL? It doesn't stop there, Keith. Not only is Tubi sponsoring NFL, so is Little Caesars. <laughs> yeah. Little Caesars got to be the most ghetto pizza. <laughs> Little Caesars is the pizza you eat when your life is in shambles. Yeah. You just got a divorce and you you paying alimony and you paying child support mm-hmm. and you just lost your job and mm-hmm. your car won't start. Yeah. Get Little Caesars. Yeah. That Little Caesars pizza tastes like a bunch of chopped up EBT cards. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's- <laughs> I eat I eat Little Caesars every now and then. I'm not going to act like I'm above it. Man, I'm above that. It's not the best pizza. I worked too hard in my life to come home to Little Caesars. <laughs> Fuck that shit. There's some people that like have like, I know uh, one of my friends, uh, my old college roommate, he, uh, he stopped. Like he would never eat top ramen because he's like, man, I grew up eating that. Me too, like, I'm, shit. I'm above that. I'm mm-hmm. not eating that no more. So I'm gonna tell you like this, dog. If me and Little Caesars was in a relationship, I would cheat with Pizza Hut. <laughs> That's valid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody would be mad at you. I like you know what you don't treat me the way you should be treating me. Yeah. You know, and I I don't feel like I'm getting from you what I should be getting. Yeah. So you know, yeah, I did cheat. Okay. You don't I did. keep it cheesy enough. You're not cheesy enough with me no more. <laughs> okay. Your breadsticks are too dry. <laughs> you know, and I need more from this relationship. <laughs> Your garlic bread knots are not doing it for me anymore. <laughs> it's not giving. It's giving. <laughs> it's giving. <laughs> oh, your crazy bread is not crazy enough for me. Okay, I can't do this anymore. This is a toxic relationship. Yeah, this is super your crazy tight. bread. Not crazy enough. Yeah. That- <laughs> Yo, I seen. I told you I seen that comment. Uh, you know how there's like a social media team that responds when you write a comment on their like page. Yeah, I seen like this Little Caesars uh, ad pop up and it had like some deal. And some dude was like. 
Man, the food I just had was terrible. Y'all crazy bread wasn't even that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's funny. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, bro. If I was on that social media team responding, nigga, I would be dying. Yeah. You know what would be fired? Uh, like, if I if I had uh, some big corporation or something like that, like, mm-hmm. hiring a real comedian to, like, just write funny stuff. Like, oh, the, you know, the guys, they they just always seem to come up with, like, great comments under certain things. Like, oh. I think that would be fire, like, to have your oh, account yeah. always. Hire like, me. Yeah. I'll get the job done. <laughs> Our crazy bread is crazier than your ex-wife. <laughs> Only seven ninety nine. That's funny. Yeah, our t- our pizza is cheesier than your boss's jokes. Only seven ninety nine for this. <laughs> yeah, buddy. That All right, funny. where we at, man? I know we gave the people some time this week until seven. Yeah, we yeah, had, yeah. We gave y'all back some from last week. Yeah, we came back, man. We only had like twenty nine minutes. It was some golden twenty nine minutes, though. That yeah. was some of the most golden twenty nine minutes you gonna get out of podcast mm-hmm. right there. That might be uh, it. Might be a space for that, like like the quick quick hitters. Obviously, yeah. we can't do it now. We're just nah. b- very busy, but mm-hmm. it might be some space for that, like little quick fifteen minute podcast where it's just like single subject. We just get in and get out. Yeah, get in and get out. But mm-hmm. I just think like it just it just people hate it. They love it and hate it because it's just like such a teaser. Yeah, and I know people like listen to podcasts and commute like when they're commuting. Yeah, but so- would you? But I think would you want somebody wanting? wanting more or get exhausted like mm. it's like would you want a song too long or too short i don't know that's a good one that's a good one because I, I think from obviously podcasts are his own thing but like right. if i heard if i heard a two-minute song and it's like fire throughout i'd be like i just double back i'll listen to it again i, I was <clears throat> i was busting up uh the the magic think tank podcast shout out to, to kamal yeah shout out um, to kamal man yeah they've the, been they've been trying to plan like a uh like a podcast um, event thing where a bunch mm-hmm. of like he he has like a group that he created like a okay. bunch of us would just pull up and go to like a uh, like a podcast co-host, con co-host Frank I believe Frank yeah Frank uh-huh. yeah shout out to Frank and Kamal man mm-hmm. um, but that I guess uh, Frank has said like yo I seen y'all had like a podcast was over three hours and it was over three hours and I got tight oh was it Frank or was it uh, Byron. Uh no, it was it was, I think it was Frank. Oh, it was Frank. Okay, yeah, because because Byron, that was a minute ago that they mm-hmm. did they pod together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that's how we get down. Sometimes the longest podcast we ever had was well, it was over three hours. Yeah, well, we had one with DJ that was over three hours, and then we mm-hmm. had another one that was long as fuck too. We'd be chopping it. We'd be doing it, man. This yeah. is this is how you do it. I've heard some episodes with with Joe, the longest one I ever listened to, and it took me. A little over a day, but it was uh, I think it was over four hours, but it was really entertaining. Yeah, you sometimes you got to dedicate your life to a podcast, man, on everything. Mm-hmm. And and like with me, I listen to a podcast and I'll just get deep into it because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a driver, so I'm just be mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> and then by the time it's over, I'm like, oh man, that's it. And you look down, you be like, man, that shit was three hours and forty five minutes. Yeah, that's the the best. Like if you the kind of mindless stuff that we can do, like you mm-hmm. know, on the road or. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it might be, um, it's kind of hard to do like film stuff while you listening to a podcast, but if you do, if you like editing pictures or something like that, you could definitely, uh, you know, listen to a podcast while you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? We got to get out of here, man. Um, 
we once again we apologize from last week, man. But you know, we we feel like we redeemed ourselves this time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you made it to the end of this podcast, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fangs. We're out of here, man. Peace. <laughs>